two teachers take social distancing in the classrooms to a jeeping level, and you won't believe what they've done for the kids. And what's worse than running out of gas on the Rubicon? How about having your custom Jeep pushed into a pair of cops by a Toyota? And don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. 13 months ago, I came back from Iraq. You guys were what kept me sane, kept me into my deep updates on what was all going on. I'd sit at my desk and listen to uh, old episodes of the Jeep Talk Show. I really appreciate what you guys do. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode brought to you in part by Extreme Terrain. Extreme Terrain has released a new video aimed at helping Jeep Wrangler owners choose the best soft top just in time for their summer adventures. The video is an upgrade to Extreme Terrain's comprehensive Jeep Tops tech guide, covering everything needed to help customers shop, swap, maintain, and winterize their top with confidence. The JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. But if you got dirty feet, just, you know, wipe them before you come in, would you? <laughs> now, hey, this is Josh, and I wish I could be easier on my Jeep. I, I really do. No, I don't. I mean, I might. I, I don't know. <laughs> and howdy, it's Wendy, and it's monsoon season here in the mountains, complete with thunder, lightning, rain, and humidity. Now I know what the weather's like in the rest of the country. You can't whine about that. We have, count them, two the tropical depressions that probably will be hurricanes entering the Gulf of Mexico this weekend. So, meh. I'm sorry. I'm just not used to it. It's crazy. Humidity. Yuck. That's why I live in California. Yeah, well, earthquakes. Um, at least we can see them coming. Hey, okay. I'm Tony, and one thing I've learned from buying the extra beefy Jeep parts from Iron Man Andy is the bigger the beef, the bigger the nuts. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute a, now. Whoa, you can't man. say that on the air. What are you talking about? Come on now. <laughs> I got a, uh, the, the, so I got, I recently got the long arms finally installed on my Jeep and it's uh, the Ironman 4x4 fab.com uh, uh, long arm system. Just a mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful engineered beefy as hell long arm system. But the nuts on the long arms are 57 millimeters wide. Mm. Have you tried to find something that isn't like a socket? Even I don't think I could find a socket that was 57 millimeters. Yeah, my kit only goes up to 56 millimeters. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 56.5, just to tease you. Yeah, just, so just, just uh, right so I, 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 I found these things called crow feet, and I thought, hey, this might work. I couldn't find them in that size, at least not on Amazon. So uh, I, I, finally, <laughs> I finally just said, screw it. Uh, and uh, looked around for a, a adjustable crescent wrench, not really realizing the size that 57 millimeters is. And I found this Olympia Tools adjustable wrench. It's 24 inches long, uh, and it was $37, free wow. shipping. 
from Amazon. Yeah, it weighs a metric ton to ship. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Oh it's, my gosh, uh, seven point six pounds, and I have never been so excited about getting a tool <laughs> from Amazon. It literally was coming out of the box as I was picking it up from the delivery. Oh, yeah. It went through <laughs> two boxes because <laughs> it's so heavy and so crappily packed. Anyway, the the adjustable it's adjustable from two point five inches. Uh, I mean, adjustable up to two point five inches or sixty three point five millimeters. And uh, Andy's nuts are 57 millimeter. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The lower arm, uh, <laughs> long arm nuts are 57 millimeters. Say. So this is going to fit. I haven't used it yet. Wow. But damn, am, am I excited to try. Oh, boy. <laughs> A little impromptu uh, what you what must have for your Jeep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Add it to the kit. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Oh, and this week I've got a trio of stories for you. Now, there is no doubt that worn winches in Jeeps are almost synonymous with one another. And in fact, you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who knew about winches but never heard the worn name. Now, aside from making world-famous, world-class winches for the front of our Jeeps, Warren is also known for their manual locking hubs as well. They've been making those for a long time. Warren is now trying their hand at making something else. Jeep wheels. Yeah, that's right. And to be honest, they look pretty sweet. Just this week, Warren in a worldwide press release announced that they are officially entering the wheel market. The statement reads, Warren Epic Wheels are TPMS or Tire Pressure Monitoring System compatible and work with factory lug nuts. They are also tested to meet stringent SAE J2530 certification for durability, ensuring a long service life both on and off the trail. Additionally, worn Epic wheels are covered by a lifetime structural warranty. Right now, the only line worn has is the Epic line, which is meant for the Jeep Wrangler JKs, current generation JLs, and JT pickups. Their hub-centric cast aluminum wheels, weighing in at just over 24 pounds apiece, sized in the 17 by 8.5 inch variety with a 5.5 inch bolt pattern, and a zero offset. Now, that lack of offset may become a problem if you start upgrading to, like, one-ton steering and stuff like that. I don't know. I've seen aluminum wheels also get utterly destroyed in the rocks, but all that will remain to be seen with these, and we'll see how they go. As far as price goes, well, consider this. Warren is a top-tier off-road accessories manufacturer, and most of what they sell comes at a premium price. So if you're thinking these brands making new wheels from Warren Industries were going to be cheap, well, think again, especially considering they come with a lifetime warranty. There are three designs in the Epic line to choose from currently, Diamond Cutter, Jackhammer, and Moonsault. That's S-A-U-L-T, not like salt and pepper. They are all currently listed on Warren's website for about $260 each. That's not outrageous as far as truck wheels go, but it's no soft date price either. All three wheel designs are also available in a matte black or gunmetal gray, and personally, I think they look pretty dang cool. And they even incorporated a nod of the cap to the original locking hub design in the layout of their center caps. I think it may be time to reach out to Warren again for another interview, especially considering they have some really cool new products out. My personal favorite is, hands down, the diamond cutter model in gunmetal gray. What's your guys's? You know, I guess that they're not listening to the, the Jeep Talk Show. Because uh, bacon salt would be a uh, (laughs) bacon salt. (laughs) Bacon salt would have been one of the colors. (laughs) That's my answer to you, Josh. Is my color would be bacon salt (laughs) or a nice bane mask. Wendy, what do you think of the the look of these wheels? 
I actually kind of like them, but I was just curious if they thought they you, if you thought they were coming out with beadlocks anytime soon because that's kind of yeah. where I want to go is next is beadlocks. Well, so. now they do have one uh, their their moon salt uh, uh, rim line, which is in in the picture that I have for up uh, for the uh, the the host of the show is the image on the left, and mm-hmm. uh, and that one has a faux beadlock design. At least yeah. as far as I can tell, it's a faux beadlock. Um, I don't think that Warren would be offering non-DOT legal uh, wheels for, for the Jeep market, especially for the most current Jeeps out on the road, uh, considering a lot of those are probably going to be used on the road a lot of the time. Now, somebody mm-hmm. buying these wheels is likely not going to have a pavement pounder. Uh, this is going to be a vehicle that it's going to be seeing some trail use. Uh, these are really nice and well-designed wheels. Uh, whether Looks or not like they, they're going to live up to the reputation is yet to be seen. Well, according to, because I, I had this conversation with Don Alexander out in California when I went there to visit, um, and uh, there may be a bit of a, a gray area as far as the DOT approved, or, or in this case, a moonsault uh, area. Uh, the uh, Don seems to think that if there's nothing that clearly defines whether or not bead locks are legal or not legal. It well, doesn't, they are here in the state of Oregon. doesn't mean a, sure. a cop can't write you up just because he wants oh, to. Oh, yeah, sure. But because uh, uh, I, I told him I was interested in getting bead locks. But since I, I spoke with uh, uh, Harry over at uh, Coyote uh, Enterprises, I've kind of mm-hmm. been thinking about the, the uh, internal bead locks because it locks on both sides of the rim, or the wheel, rather. And um, the only downside is it doesn't have that cool look to it. You have to tell everybody, I, I got uh, some beadlocks inside there. They're like inner tubes, like for your bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to say it just like that every I, time. <laughs> I, I, I was explaining the, uh, the internal beadlocks to my wife. And I said, do you remember uh, inner tubes and bicycles? And she goes, yeah, I had to change it all the time. You know, and she goes off on this rant. And I go, well, hang on. Let me just tell you about this. Oh, finish the story God. about beadlocks. <laughs> <laughs> It was the wrong thing. Yeah, Yeah. it was the wrong thing to mention about the inner tubes. So, but uh, yeah, I'm actually thinking about doing that. Uh, I'd still like to have a a different wheel though, and it would be kind of cool to have uh, that beadlock look with the uh, the faux beadlocks. I've kind of learned, but because I've been digging around uh, looking at beadlocks here for a while, the the faux beadlocks, the fake ones, in other words, for for you people uh, following at home, uh, they don't have as many of the little bolts around the uh, the ring, the fake ring. So. I kind of figured that was a fake beadlock whenever I saw there's a, that's like 16 bolts or something in there instead of like 32 yeah. or 36 like you see on the, the real uh, beadlocks. And also, too, maybe one of you guys know this. Where do you get uh, beadlocks balanced? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. That's, that's why they are yeah. typically not DOT legal. As you'll see a lot of guys running the, uh, the internal BBs, you know, the little uh, yeah. airsoft pellets, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Uh, there are other products out there similar in design and made of different product and, and that sort of thing that do the same thing. Uh, it's an internal self-balancing system, uh, you know, and, and um, they, they got all kinds of names for them. It's kind of uh, like, but uh, that's what that's what uh, some of the guys who I've wheeled that, that, that are running like, you know, full fabricated beadlocks, uh, you know, that's that's how they end up bad, trying to balance them. It's kind of like wearing corduroy pants. What's that swooshing sound that uh, as you're driving oh, along? Corduroy. I don't know. <laughs> well, reference. if you've been off... <laughs> Yeah, right. If you've been an off-roader for any length of time, you are undoubtedly aware of the long-standing feud between Jeepers and Toyota owners. Now, I'm I'm not talking about the Wrangler versus Prius crowd, although that is a hilarious one for sure. (laughs) What I'm talking about is how every Tacoma owner thinks that every Jeep owner is a pretentious snob who doesn't know the first thing about wheeling, and how every Jeeper has first-hand knowledge of Toyota owners making the rest of us off-roaders look bad by their trail etiquette. 
Well, now the debate has extended to on-road vehicles as well, or vehicles on the road, that is. And after this week's video, which has gone viral on multiple platforms, showing a Toyota Tacoma owner deliberately pushing a Wrangler into a pair of motorcycle cops, I'd say the debate is over. And Toyota, well, lost big time. And now before you jump down my throat for being insensitive or making a thumbshins, yes, it was very much deliberate. How can I tell, you might ask? Well, you can clearly see and hear the Toyota owner getting pissy and impatient because the line of traffic isn't moving as fast as they want. After demonstrating to everybody watching that his manhood is being measured with the increase of the revving intensity, he then steps up his outburst by lunging the truck multiple times towards the Jeep in front of him. As it usually goes with the Tacoma owners, they don't know how to stay off the skinny pedal. And this douchebag's display of impatience further proves this trend among these people, and will likely have landed him in jail on charges of, oh, I don't know, let's see here, public endangerment, reckless or at the very least negligent driving, assault with a vehicle, I mean, we can go on and on and on here. Thankfully, nobody was hurt in the video, but it cuts off right before the one cop who was ejected from his bike gets up off the pavement and nearly drags the passenger out of the Toyota and out onto the street for what would I would assume be a vicious beat. I mean, I detaining them in civil manner. Now, I hope that this person gets the book thrown at them, honestly, and the passenger too, honestly, for really, for that matter, for not doing something, anything to stop this kind of behavior, like, I don't know, pulling the keys out of the ignition, maybe calming the roid rage from this testicularly challenged individual. Uh, the video says it all. Honestly, go see it for yourself. It shows it in stunning high definition as well. If you want to see it for yourself, we're going to post up the link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. Have, have, have either of you seen this yet yourself? Yeah, I've seen it. It's it's insane. It, it, I mean, I, I, I there's really no explanation for this. I mean, it, no. it is just douchebaggery to the nth degree, and yeah. and and there's no excuse for it. Uh, so yeah. and that's why I'm like, you know, really, if if you're just going to be like that, then then you don't even deserve to have that truck or the freedom to drive it for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Putting it's people's not lives at risk here. Come on, just rude. People are rude. I did not know that this was a, an intentional act. Where the act, I just saw a picture kind of like this, and actually, I couldn't even see the the vehicle behind uh, when I looked at it. Oh, I, I thought I'm it was sure a, they're gonna be like, oh no, his foot slipped, and it, you know, just kind of went onto the pedal, and it's just for a split second. No, it was no. the meth. It was blame it on the myth. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, and, this, and this I think too, no when act. it first got reported, they were saying that it was uh, a truck ran into a parked Jeep that then moved into the parked motorcycles. But I think and this I love is a how how street. they call out Jeez. the Jeep, but it's yeah. just some generic truck. I don't. <laughs> have any, I don't have any problem with Toyotas. I don't have any problem with Toyota people. I mean. Uh, uh, maybe that's because I don't uh, get out and wheel that much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bingo! There you got it. <laughs> I mean, I got a I got a Toyota transmission that's lasted a really long time, so I'm, I kind of like it. So I don't know. <laughs> well, if only these two people could win Teacher of the Year simultaneously. Yep, first grade teacher Patricia Dovey, or yeah, Dovey will put up, uh, will pull up to St. Barnabas Episcopal School in Dayland, Florida, on the first day of school in her Jeep. She'll walk down a hallway and head into her classroom, where she'll be met with thirteen other mini Jeeps, which will all function as her students' desks for the entire year. The Jeeps are actually a clever approach to help ensure that her students are social distancing in the classroom. In the classroom next door, what do we see? 
why it's Kim Martin's classroom, which is also filled with similar desks resembling the famous vehicle. The first, the, the two first grade teachers actually share a curriculum and learning plans and, well, a wall in between their classrooms. And this year, their classrooms will both feature the jeeping desks. The idea came about when a colleague showed Davi a similar concept from an elementary school teacher in your state, Tony, Texas. Davi, who uh, is obsessed with Jeeps, we may have to get her on the show. I was just thinking that. Yeah, immediately wanted to recreate the design. The school supplied the plexiglass trifolds that go on the front of the desk, and Davi and Martin paid for the decorations out of pocket. Martin mm-hmm. estimates the desks took about seven days to complete. And with the help of friends and family, each of the students will find their own Jeep waiting for them when they get to school on August 26th. To make things more personable, on the first day of class, the students are going to get to design their very own license plate for their very own Jeeps. Martin says she's embracing a highway theme, and Davi is implementing an outdoor and camping element theme throughout her classroom decorations. Mark Allen, the head of Jeep Exterior Design, saw the tweet and went out earlier this week and said he was impressed by the teacher's imagination and ingenuity. Schools across the country are currently balancing how to welcome students back into the classroom while keeping them safe. Some argue that plastic dividers will help, but many think that there's still not enough. Either way, I approve of this concept and feel that even if in the future these dividers were deemed not necessary anymore, that the teachers would just cut large openings in the plastic and give the kids that open-air Jeep experience. So cool. So I immediately see an issue with this. Uh, we all know what happened to uh, Mahindra, FCA uh, attacked oh, them. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, Their I will, only hope I will... is, is that they've got five slots instead of yeah. the iconic seven. It is. <laughs> the five-slot grill instead of seven now. Yeah, there might be some uh, some trademarking issues there. There, they were trying to avoid, but but no, I mean it's really cool because the, the, these uh, they've got like you know large off road tires, kind of you know looking yeah. in the front of them. It's all profiles type stuff and and whatnot. You know bumpers and you got the grill there. What I like are lights. the are the little detail touches. The lights they've got a little light bar on the top with some uh-huh. yellow KC lights. Uh, you know yeah. across the very top of these uh, these trifold plastic uh, uh, barriers essentially that are around the perimeter of each desk. Uh, and so draped down in the front of those are this this mock profile of a front of a Jeep uh, that shows the headlights and the grill and the bumper and, and even the, you know, the front of the tires and stuff like that. And proudly displayed on each bumper right in the front is going to be a license plate, which the kids are going to get a chance to uh, to all decorate themselves, I'm sure, with their names and, and colors and paints and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I'm going to mention uh, the uh, the plexiglass uh, little uh, cubes are almost like the Pope mobile is what they got it set up. They're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> all right. All right. I'll go for that. <laughs> but I think in uh, in a few in the future, maybe not us, but in the future, we're going to look back or uh, people are going to look back at these these plastic enclosures that were uh, that people are putting on these things because of the covid. Uh, they're going to look back at the like this at like we do the duck and cover of the 1950s. Where oh, sure. during a nuclear device explosion, right. All you gotta get, do is under get under your, your desk. desk. You'll be fine. <laughs> You'll be safe. I'm from the government. I'm it's, here to protect you. Yeah, it's going to yes. be, what was the point? There was no yeah. point in that other than just to placate people and make them feel better. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't think... Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, hopefully, well, we're talking about first. We're talking about first grade students here, and yeah, and they might adorable. be a little opposed to sitting inside of a, a a plexiglass cubicle for for lack of a better description here. Uh, and so the teachers thought, you know, giving it a little bit of flavor, oh, yeah. a little bit, of, a little bit of flair, you know, and and you know, each one's a little bit different. It's, you know, they got the color and, and and you know, different colors and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's not all completely cookie cutter, but 
But nonetheless, I mean, this is just really cool. I mean, you know the other classrooms are going to be jealous. Oh, of you know, course. Oh, you're in the cheap yeah. classroom? Oh, that's cool. You know, that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm really... I'm saying I'm throwing out the teacher of the year awards for these two te- these two gals. I mean, the, they went so far above and beyond, and and the the artistry and the skill and just the ingenuity itself, uh, just top notch. Uh, so they they definitely deserve some recognition. I'm I'm hoping they're going to teach them the Jeep Wave too, and I mean I mean the G rated oh, version, the one with all the fingers. Be- <laughs> <laughs> nah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I'm, I'm wondering if uh, if maybe Jeep is going to step in and, and maybe help reimburse the teachers for coming out of no. pocket for this and, and, and something like that. I think that, that would be, be uh, would be a, a you know the really right thing nice. to do. Uh, or possibly you know maybe uh, even the school district you know coming in and just be like, look, this is really really a good idea. We want to take care of you guys. Possibly a local news station or something like that stepping in and and really just I mean acknowledging what these teachers have done. Uh, in these times to really help the students and, and focus on on making things as easy as possible as the school year starts. But I will reach out and see if I can uh, get one of these uh, teachers and we can do, oh, uh, absolutely. do an interview no, with absolutely. them. I think it'd we be, need to uh, have her on the show. Yeah. 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 Be a lot of fun. Maybe get her fired in the process. Oh, no. Tony. God. <laughs> this guy. No, I mean, dealing it's with a Jeep. about the rent. With a Jeep talk show type thing. We're just, we're bad influence is what I'm saying. Well, we do have an explicit rating. We are talking about a first grade teacher. So, oh, yeah. I'm <laughs> sure she'll have a few I'm things I'm not talking about you know. trying to get her fired. I'm just saying <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> we heard you on that Jeep show. And yeah, yeah. we can't have that. It, so. Well, if you've got a news tip or a response to any one of these stories or any others that we've mentioned, be sure to let us know what you have to say. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. And coming up a little bit later in the show, we've got an interview with Will Beatty from Center Force Clutch. Now, Center Force has been around for a long time. You know that name. They are very famous on street, track, and off-road. We'll be talking with Will with Center Force Clutch in just a little bit. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. So, Josh, I saw that you went wheeling recently, and there was a little mishap. (laughs) Yeah, you could call it that, I suppose. And the Jeep suffered some carnage. So, uh, (laughs) I like the part where the camera fell off, and this guy spins it around, looks at him, goes, Hi! (laughs) (laughs) But what happened to the, 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 the mishap? So uh, it was a week ago Tuesday. Um, I w- had a impromptu day off, and uh, and so I was just like, you know what, I'm I'm going to take the Jeep out. Um, I, I hit up a buddy who's currently unemployed right now, and uh, and he's just like, heck yeah, I want to go out with you. And and so uh, we packed up a couple of guns, we packed up the Jeep, and uh, and headed out for an afternoon of some wheeling and some shooting. And uh, we went up to uh, the Lottie Flats area, which I've talked about here recently on the show over the last couple few months, an area that I had given up on. Uh, that is kind of local to me, a lot closer uh, by about half uh, than the places that I usually go. Um, and uh, the trail system up there has evolved substantially since the last couple times that I've been up. Um, and so this summer, I've been making a point to go up there a lot more often. And uh, and went up there, and there, there was a there's a, a rock section which um, I had said before even before even dropping it into four low, before even airing down. I was like, you know what, you know, I, I kind of want to focus on, on doing some shooting drills and stuff today. Um, you know, we'll go out and wheel, we'll have some fun, but I really don't want to get into anything, you know, too crazy. Um, and I really don't want to, you know, do anything, you know, too insane. Um, so we're going to keep it pretty chill uh, today. And, you know, he's all about it. Fine. You know, whatever. Um, so um, air down, four low, go out. And uh, we go through some 
some areas and uh you know the trail is 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 relatively mellow for the first part you get into the the, the back uh, the back third, the back half of the trail, and and there's several rock sections uh, that you can either bypass or go through. And I, I chose to go through. <laughs> I don't know why. I was like, why not? Of you know, we're you here. I I I love the rocks. I just can't get out of the rocks, right? I love rock crawling. And and so in in I in I go and uh, and I I I had gone through this several times before, and so I kind of had an idea of the line that I wanted to follow was the same lines that I've been on before. Well, things had changed a little bit. Some vehicles had gone through, some moved some rocks around, and and so I was having a very hard time sticking to the line that I wanted to, and I uh, got some bad spotting on top of that, and bang, I fell off my line and started sliding down towards the, uh, well, sliding down the mountain, basically, at that point. Oh. I mean, there's there's basically one tree that was laid in between two other trees, then that's like your only barrier to keep your tires from sliding down the mountain and you rolling over. Well, of course, by that point, you are so horribly off camber. That little six or eight inch diameter log isn't going to do anything to stop your Jeep from going down this hill. And so the more that I tried to Austin Powers my way out of this little, you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, I'm turning a half a degree at a time. I'm trying to get off of this, this rock that I ended up high centered on in the rear. There was a stump that just came out of nowhere that I, I couldn't get over. I couldn't get the line to get my tire up on this rock to get my axle over that stump so it would clear. And it was just like the rock was about three inches behind the stump. And so my tire just wouldn't grab it and get onto it and lift my axle up over that stump. And, and so I ended up having to do this nasty sideways tug and uh, hook up. You know, I had to pull line, pull cable. Uh, get the uh, the tree strap out, and the, I, I tried going at a kind of a uh, at about a one o'clock pull, or maybe a two o'clock pull, um, and it just wasn't giving me, getting me uh, the, you know where I wanted to go. And so disconnect off of that, um, move the winch line, move the tree strap over, and I was a full you know three o'clock straight off to the right. I'm just all the way on that that roller on the on the fair lead, and uh, and just sat there and spinning tires a little bit. And, and trying to get some motion sideways. And finally, I did. Got my tire to engage. Up over the stump, I go. Down off the rock. It was beautiful. It was awesome. It took a little while. It took a good, <laughs> a good hour or so for the, uh, uh, for the whole recovery process. But, uh, wow. but all in all, it, was, I mean, it, it happened relatively smoothly. Everything was, was very deliberate and all of that. Um, and I uh, made it through the rest of the trail uh, afterwards. Um, and uh, went off and, and went shooting a little bit. And... Um, but I noticed as I was uh, airing up and and heading down the uh, heading down the uh, the road to get back to the you know the main highway and stuff. Um, there's a little bit of death wobble there. Where where's that coming oh. from? You know, and it's like oh man, you know. And so it's it's like you know all right, we go out shoot and everything, get back to the house and and honestly it was it was really a, a low speed death wobble. It was about 35 40 miles per hour. Um, and uh, and and I've got a little bit of bump steer anyways, just because of the geometry of my steering. Uh, and so there were times if I'd hit a nasty pothole at, at you know at freeway speed, I might get a you know two or three shake out of the steering wheel, but that was it. It was gone. Um, well, now it's a little bit more exacerbated, and, and I've got some some actual death wobble happening. And, and there's something that happened in that sideways pull that uh, I, I don't know track bar mount something. I don't know. There was there were some other noises that I was um, I had to pull over a couple of times and figure out what the hell is that noise? <laughs> it is changing with the speed of the Jeep. Oh. And I was just like, well, do I have something on one of my tires? Is there something? That's, did one of my douchebag buddies strap a, a, a zip tie <laughs> to my driveline again? You know, 
actually it was um uh in in that recovery uh a rock had come up and and had dug in into the the bottom side of my jeep a little bit and the bracket that the e-brake cable is on uh got pushed somewhat so the the e-brake cable comes into this bracket splits into two and then goes off to to each rear wheel well it's that it's that um uh, there's a name for it. It's like the balancer or equal, e- equal. I don't know what it is. Harmonic balancer? Yeah, right. Uh, no, this is where the cables, cables for your e-brake oh, okay. come in. It's this actual bracket. And, and it, it, you can balance how much, um, you know, each, when you pull the e-brake level, lever, uh, you know, how much is, is going to each of the, you know, how much tension is going to each, each wheel on the rear. Um, and so these, these two cables come to the one point, uh, and you can adjust the tension and, you know, Right. Stuff. Well, that bracket got bent, and it pushed the hard cable that goes up to the the e brake um, the uh, the e brake handle itself. Uh, pushed that hard cable uh, a little bit, and and it moved its its uh, um, its trajectory because it's got a it's got a kind of a big S curve to it, right. and uh, and it's very hard. It's not like a brake cable, and you can just kind of like push it out of the way. It is extremely rigid, and um, and it's there's not a lot of clearance. Uh, between the the transfer case yoke and where that uh, that brake cable comes up through the floorboard at, and it, it, because of that bracket had gotten bent, the curves of that cable now were compromised a little bit, and that cable was slightly rubbing up against the yoke of my transfer, the output shaft of uh, the transfer case. Uh, so I had to you know pull over a couple of times and really reef on that. Actually, one point in time, I had my foot on that damn cable, pushing it back up towards the floorboard. So I've got to get underneath there and uh, and and uh, do some adjustments on that bracket uh, for the e-brake cable that's under there and and take care of that once and for all. But uh, I've got to uh, figure out what's going on with the death wobble. I, it could be um, uh, a ball joint issue. I don't know. Those just got replaced recently with some spicers. Um, could be a track bar issue. Um, I, I I I don't know. Um, it could be a rod end issue. It it could be a wheel bearing issue. Uh, uh, hub unit issues. I, I don't know. I, I haven't torn into it yet. Did you, um, and uh, the did reason you notice, why? Did you notice that the steering wheel was askew if it wasn't uh, no longer centered? No, it's it was pretty much right where it's supposed to be. All right, I, I've been so, a track uh, bar one time that uh, off road like, and it uh, I noticed that the the steering uh, steering wheel was way off center, and it was months later before I realized it was the track bar. So it, it's kind of made sense. Uh, well, I mean, issue. this is this is you know uh, one ton uh, over the knuckle uh, you know steering system. Um, it, yeah, I mean, I've I've beat up that track bar, uh, and it's uh, uh, or the tie rod rather, and it's 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 just fine. The track bar itself is 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 I mean. It's not bent. Uh, there might be an issue with the rod ends. I know it's all Himes, um, mm, so gee, I just could have a worn Heim. Uh, I don't know. So um, yeah, there's. I got a lot. I got. I got. I got to tear into it and find out. But uh, the reason why I haven't gotten into it yet is because I found another issue. Um, apparently, <laughs> oh, no. uh, during that tug, or or possibly when I was in the rocks or or whatnot, um, I ended up pushing my electric fan into the radiator a little bit, and uh, and when I got home. Uh, the next day, I went out into the garage and I was like, "Oh, there's a little puddle underneath the Jeep. That's new." Hey, it was Not very much. To see you. Just yeah, right. I mean, we're talking like maybe a couple of ounces of fluid, a shot glass worth of of of, of coolant, and and so I, you know, kind of look up at the Jeep. You know, I get down on the ground. And I'm looking up, and I was like, "Oh, oh man, I can bitch. see. I can see a new little <laughs> belly button in the in the backside of my uh, uh, backside of my radiator." So yeah, the fan moved a little bit. So. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm running an electric fan system. It's actually an electric fan out of a Saturn V6 view, and um, it, it is it moves a massive amount of air. 
And uh, uh, the problem is, is that nobody that I know of is, has ever attempted to put this fan into an XJ. And, uh, and although it works amazingly well, this is a completely one-off custom fabrication system. And I'm still apparently working out the bugs. So <laughs> I want to I uh, put, uh, put, put this out to the listeners out there. If you guys are running an electric fan system, I, I want to know um, sort of how you've set yours up. Uh, if you are running something different than what everybody else is running, like the Taurus fan or or one of the aftermarket solutions, I know that uh, um, uh, Flexalite is is starting to put out some fans that actually are are knocking on the door of the three thousand uh, CFM uh, range, and uh, and I, I know that there might be a Jeeper or two out there that is having some luck with those. So uh, if you guys have an electric fan setup, um, I'm curious to see what what you are running. So. Uh, email the show or or call a call our voicemail line and, and let us know a little bit about the details of your fan system. I'm looking for some inspiration. I'm looking for some ideas and stuff like that. So I'm having to go back to the drawing board with this. I'm, I am going to replace the radiator. Uh, and so with that, while I have while I'm in there, mm-hmm. um, while I'm going to yeah, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and and uh, and redesign how the mount is and possibly even go back to the drawing board. And and go with something completely different. I'm not married to this this Saturn this V6 Saturn View fan. It just works so dang good. Um, if there's if there's another solution out there, then maybe I'll entertain it. But uh, but if not, then I want to try and make this work. Well, instead of replacing the radiator, have you considered just putting some stop leak in there? Oh God, no! I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I mean, on, honestly, honestly, it, it looks like it's uh, just the very, you know, the, the the nipple of the of the fan, the axle of the fan itself, um, just sort of rubbed the metal. Yeah. Um, it got so close that it, it kind of it rubbed the metal to where there it got a little thin, and 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 it's got a, maybe a pinhole leak now. Um, so there's a chance maybe I can solder it. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, so maybe how, how I'll. How old is the radiator? Then I take the risk. It's brand spanking new. Oh. This is actually the fourth one. This is easily the fourth radiator I've put in this Jeep. Now, the the when I after I redid all my head work and everything else like that, um, uh, I was putting the radiator in, and during the process of installing this fan, I actually pushed it into the radiator. That was my bad. <laughs> I was just me being careless and and you know uh, just trying to do things too fast or whatever, and and I wasn't paying attention, and I I that was my bad. See, so I punctured the radiator with you know by my own dumb ass. See if this, and, this uh, sounds familiar. <laughs> Oh, that's in there nice and tight. That ain't going nowhere. Oh, shit. Oh, dang it. <laughs> dang it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, now let's so add five washers in between. <laughs> yeah, so, so technically this is like the second radiator in a year. Uh, oh, I'd solder but, it. Yeah. I would solder that thing and, and know, see if that would do bucks. it. I don't. I have to order a radiator anyways uh, for some for somebody else. So I've I've got to do a, another head job on another Jeep. Um, and so I might my Jeep is actually going away for a little while. Uh, it's going out to a buddy's house. He's got some property. Uh, I cannot safely and on a good conscience park my Jeep out in my driveway and expect it not to be completely stripped the next morning. Um, so uh, it's going to go out to a buddy's house. He's got some property. He's got a secure shop. Uh, and, and there's no way anybody's going to be screwing with it out there. Uh, that is a very armed compound, by the way. So, um, yeah, if anybody steps uh, steps foot on that, they're they're in for a uh, for a very good. Very, if you can no read this sign, day. you're in range. You're yeah, too close. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, all I've got a lot of logistics. I've all got to make happen here in the next couple few days uh, to get this other Jeep over here and in the garage. Get my Jeep out and over to this other property. Oh, that uh, makes sense. With now. a pinhole, with with uh, a pinhole leak in the radiator and death wobble. So. 
Uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, but thankfully, it's not too far away. But it's far enough away that I will be at operating temperature long before I get there. So solder it. Uh, it's, uh, you don't have to do nothing. I mean, you can solder in between the the blades of the fan. Just solder that thing for the ride over there. Uh, maybe you don't I, have I don't to do know. it. Yeah. You don't have to do it perfect. Everything you do doesn't have to be perfect, Josh. <laughs> the hell you say? Get some bubble gum and put it on there. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was thinking about fabricating uh, uh, something um, that will go in front of the fan. You know, like when you're when you're putting in a uh, uh, like a transmission cooler or or something like that, yeah. um, and they give you these these long um, you know zip tie looking type things, and you shove them through the uh, the fins oh, of the radiator, and you, and you put put this little compression uh, thing on the on the other end, and it kind of sandwiches there. It's a, it's almost like a fastener. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about using one of those. Directly in front of where the um, uh, uh, where the uh, the axle of the fan is, uh, where that center point is, and so if the fan does move, it's got a larger pad in front oh, of it yeah. to distribute some of that force, and maybe I'll just bend a fin or two in, instead of pushing through something. Right. So I- I'm going to try and do some mitigation for future problems, uh, the, depending on whether or not I, I end up going back to the drawing board on this and, and completely coming up with a different uh, a different plan. So, I mean, my goal is to not have to spend four or five hundred dollars on a on an aftermarket three fan setup or something with a completely new uh, fan shroud and and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I've got a couple of ideas in my head, and one of them is actually going to involve modifying my core support and header panel uh, to uh, to uh, move the radiator forward about a quarter inch. So, um, whether or not I can do that, whether or not it will work, and whether or not I can safely do that without compromising any structural integrity. Uh, is yet to be seen. Well, I'm sure you'll keep us uh, keep us updated on it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I got nobody else to share this crap with. So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey, Tony, Josh, and Wendy. Hope everyone's doing okay. for a new windshield. I am so thankful it was covered under my insurance. I only had to pay $100. Now, I'm not sure what other vehicles' glass cost, but for the Wrangler's OEM glass with the seven-slot grill up near the rear-view mirror and the little Willie's Jeep on the rocks on the passenger side, you know, those Jeep Easter eggs, well, that glass alone cost $622. I was also able to keep my two F-bomb stickers from the old windshield. So, on to my third lesson learned on the Rubicon Trail. This is a lesson I started learning on my first road trip across the country. It's knowing the difference between plan and prepare. A plan is good to have, but something off-roaders, overlanders, and jeepers need to know. A plan can disappoint you. A plan can prevent you from seeing or doing something amazing. We had a very detailed plan for our Across America adventure. However, we had to deviate from it the moment I left my driveway. That was really hard for me. I am a planner. I plan all the details. When a plan doesn't go as planned, I get upset. It will ruin my adventure. So after a few days on that trip, I learned to let the adventure lead me. Because of that attitude, we saw things we wouldn't have seen. We did things we hadn't planned. And we met so many amazing people we would have never met. When you are flexible on your adventure, it opens up your ability to take that side road, to go on that other trail. I worked really hard to remember that when we were getting ready for the Rubicon Trail. 
One jeeper who was going to go with us kept asking us what our plan was. She wanted a detailed day-by-day, moment-by-moment where we were planning on wheeling and camping. We shared with her the meetup time and gave her a list of things to prepare for and a couple of possible leave-the-trail days. She wasn't up for that and needed a more detailed plan. She ended up not going with us. Now, this is where planning and preparing differ, as being prepared as an off-road or overlander is way more important. Planning can disappoint. Being prepared makes the trip so much more fun and easier to deal with. Preparing for all those possible outcomes makes for a better trip. When we headed up Ice House Road to the trail, it took longer than I expected, and I had to keep reminding myself to chill, and it's okay we were off schedule. I kept remembering my trip from the past fall. It's okay to have a plan, but you need to be flexible to deviate from that plan. It is much more important to be prepared. Having extra food, extra water, extra gear, warm clothes in case it's cold, extra gas. You need to be prepared for breaking down. You need to be prepared for bad weather. You need to be prepared to help others on the trail. You need to prepare your mind mentally to expect the unexpected. It is a really good idea to also discuss all these possible preparations needed with the others going on the trip with you. This will make your experience so much better. Next week, lesson learned number four. Number four. (laughs) So uh, we actually have uh, Tammy in the Zoom room uh, where she's an official Zoom people tonight tammy so that's where you put her i was wondering <laughs> yeah. where she's been I, I, i'm, in, know, time, like I'm to, in time out i'd like to understand why she can come into the zoom room but can't call into the show but that's okay we'll we'll save that for later tammy did you ever uh did you look at the gorilla glass uh that i've heard about for you uh expensive jk owners as a replacement yeah no actually no i didn't i just like um called my insurance company and they told me what to do and it was a hundred bucks um but i didn't even think to look at any other options well you haven't had a problem with Um, your uh, windshield before now right no that was from a log truck um on the highway and a rock came out from under the tire and oh sure yeah um by the way my internet did go out once in the zoom meeting here so it's you know not that i'm dissing you guys (laughs) But she's found a new family. Okay, I, I get it. I know. That's not what she told us. These guys. All right. Oh, shush. Shush. Well, uh, by the way, Tammy, you uh, will plug the Zoom people here a little bit. Uh, this is your first time in the, the Zoom meeting. I think it's the first time ever in a Zoom meeting. I think it's what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about it? What yeah, do you think is. about uh, uh, sitting there with, uh, with the listeners uh, all listening to the show as it's being recorded? She feels dirty. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's I, a normal feeling i i actually like it because i mean it's it's kind of like when um we had the uh with the chat room you know where everybody was yeah. in the chat room um but this is a little more fun because you know we can talk yep see um, and talk we and want you guys to turn your we want you to turn your audio down we don't want to listen to you guys <laughs> <laughs> always always a good sign for a yeah. podcast okay could yeah. you turn that shit down a bit we're trying to talk <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you kids are really quiet over there. All right. Well, Tammy, um, thanks for joining us in the Zoom room tonight. Yeah. I might I might call in next week and see how the, the Wi-Fi works. 
we'll, we'll try it out again. I'll give it a shot. Cool. So if you guys uh, haven't uh, joined in in the Zoom room, one of the Zoom people, uh, here's your opportunity to uh, uh, give uh, Tammy a hard time directly. So just uh, join in that. Join us with the next uh, next week. Oh, and we have a, a newsletter that we'll be plugging here in a little bit. But uh, if you uh, go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash newsletter, you can subscribe to our newsletter and you'll get those uh, little reminders every week about uh, the uh, the Zoom meeting and guests and uh, giveaways and whatnot. So go do that. You know, I just want to uh, chime in here real quick with a with a famous quote from uh, from uh, one one a very very wise man. Uh, I believe uh, it was from the A Team, actually, Hannibal Smith. I love it <laughs> when a plan comes together. Oh yeah, mm. <laughs> I don't know, good. but I teach, uh, they they teach you in boot camp that uh, no plan, no matter how good, survives first contact with the enemy. So um, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, uh, even in the military, that uh, you know you can plan and plan and plan, uh, and it all goes out the window. Uh, you know, the first, uh, you know, with the first obstacle. So, yeah. uh, and I le- I've learned in, in just in life in general, you know, expectations are a mother effort. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's great to, you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best, uh, and keep your expectations uh, way, way, way down. Uh, and that way well, you'll, and I, uh, you'll. And I think she makes a really good point too on the, per- on just sort of enjoying the process, which is what I think her whole uh, topic is about is sort of, enjoying the journey and i think if we get into it too specific you miss a lot of things so i'm glad that she brought that up because for newbies that's also something to keep in mind you know you can get real nervous and try to plan and plan and it really doesn't come out the way you thought it was so well look at this warren's uh tagline is go prepared the boy scouts be prepared uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, there is about uh, uh, something to say about preparation. So, uh, and then, you know, you got preppers too. They, they got, they, they know all about the zombie apocalypse. They're prepping for something. So something well, to be about preparation. Being in uh, IT, you uh, quickly learn how to think on your ass. So I know what you're talking about, Josh. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with your own? We're always looking for Jeep stories and we want to hear what you have to say. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Well, guess what? We've got a uh, a review this time. Four oh, no. stars. Hopefully yeah. good. I, you know, I, <laughs> I've, I've kind of got a bad taste in my mouth from the last couple few that we've had. I, I don't well, know. That's, that's <laughs> my fault. Me. I was picking the bad ones because I thought they were pretty funny. Well, <laughs> all the bad ones this, that mentioned uh, me. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see what this Iowa Jeeper, Jeeper says with four stars. The show is helpful and entertaining. This is an enjoyable show to listen to, and I look forward to it each week. Well, we really appreciate that. Living in the Midwest and driving a stock four-cylinder YJ, I'm no rock crawler, but I enjoy the stories of Out West and as well as the Tech Talk. It's great entertainment. You see there, Josh? It's supposed to be Tech Talk, not entertainment. I'm trying to disseminate (laughs) some information to teach you guys something, not entertain your sorry... Come on, give me some credit. <laughs> say thank you. Just say yes. thank you. It's it four nice. stars, Josh. Yeah, nice. Thank you. It is nice. No, four stars? That's a bad review. <laughs> why, why, where's the fifth star? Now, come on, this guy. He's I'm gotta, a cheaper. You got to make him work got... a little harder, put on the 90, and then you get a five star. <laughs> I just don't feel like you're reaching your full potential. <laughs> i think Man. it's great i think it's great four stars are just fine one stars are fine too we we That's love right. we love all the comments yep thank you 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? Hello, this is Joshua from Oak Ridge, Oregon. I wanted to say thank you to RA Designs Products for their generous gift. RA Designs Products making shifting great again. I also wanted to thank the Jeep Talk Show. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and Tony. By the way, Tony, I'm no longer a rat bastard. That's true because Joshua sub- oh. became a paid subscriber. Oh, how about that? <laughs> right we are on. officially removing the word bastard. So he is just now a rat. <laughs> oh, Tony. That's just because you're thinking winner. he's from Oregon. Yeah. He's from my state. And he's got my name. Well, I can't he's be. He's a no. winner. We thank you. Yeah, we thank you very much for uh, being a, a paid subscriber to the show. Uh, really appreciate it. It's always fun to see people uh, doing that because it helps us. It helps us uh, get more goodies for the show. It helps us uh, keep the show on the uh, the air, so to speak. And uh, it really makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside because it means you care. You'll part with your money. Uh, to help us with the show. So thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Josh. Really appreciate thank that. Thank you. Thank you, Joshua. All right, people, let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, 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 hi, everybody. I- I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, uh, Sid. Sid. Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come Ooh. on. Go <laughs> have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. We don't specialize in that kind of recovery. No, oh, no we don't. That's hard. That's hardcore, hardcore, man. Go have a drink. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty ho, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and tonight we're going to be talking to Will at Center Force. Will has been working at Center Force for the past 32 years doing R&D and marketing. Uh, an off-road enthusiast for decades, Will entered the Jeep world in the last few years with the purchase of his Jeep JKU and has been in love ever since. Uh, on the weekends, you can find Will exploring the mountains and trails of Arizona. You can uh, find out more about Center Force over at uh, www.centerforce.com. Will, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Arizona, man, that's got to be a gorgeous place to go wheeling. It's awesome. Uh, and most people think of Arizona as heat and desert. Um, and, you know, Phoenix area, it is that way. But we're up in Prescott, so... You know, our elevation is, you know, basically 50, 5,400 feet, 5,500 oh, feet. That's so, so bad, yeah. I, now, I did, I did quite a bit of work in, in Phoenix uh, back in the 80s, and uh, you're right, man. It was hotter than a firecracker. They were talking about, yeah, but the, the humidity is not so bad. You know, I'm from Texas, and it's very humid down here in southeast Texas, the humid the, the human area, the Houston area. And I tell you what, I couldn't tell a difference other than it was a little hotter in, uh, in Phoenix. So uh, God bless you for having some elevation. I bet you that does make a big difference. It's, it's all the difference in the world. The guys down in Phoenix right now are just – you know they're just baking down there. We're, we're you know we're right now our you know today's weather uh, for in you know obviously August we're here we're 
we're sitting uh, high 80s, low 90s. So, well, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I think we were doing around 92 or something yesterday, uh, but uh, the 80s would be uh, would be really nice. So, uh, now you just recently got in the Jeep world. Uh, what were you, uh, were you just not off-roading or what were you using before? Uh, I had an early Bronco, uh, 71 Bronco is what I had before. And it really was not set up for off-roading, although that's what I used it for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I grew up life as a drag racer, and uh, I took my drag motor out of my 65 Mustang. It was a Stroker 351 Cleveland, and mm-hmm. I built it and put it in my Bronco. So this was an 800-horse you know, Cleveland with the ProShot Fogger Nitro system that I built up and put in my, my Bronco. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> was it was it carbureted or did you uh, fuel inject it? It was. No, yeah. no, excuse me. It was fuel injected. Okay. Uh, I had the Holly fuel injection on it, yeah. and uh, it was it was awesome. Uh, I tell you, we took it to Moab once and uh, pulling away from the uh, the vendor's row there in Christian Hazel uh, with JP Magazine. Still to this day, we'll talk about when I pulled away because I just <laughs> nailed it, and I pulled the front tires off the ground. In first gear, and I pulled second gear, and again the tires come off the ground. He says everybody was in that whole show, just turned over to the highway and watched you just willy out of there. He says it was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you and you were banned afterwards, so that's uh, that's the sad part of the story. <laughs> At six miles a gallon, it didn't really wasn't the best for off road. Well, so. you, you you talk about this in the past tense. What happened to the Bronco? So uh, we obviously work up here. Uh, and I went to a show in, in Florida, what's called a PRI show. And I had the Bronco here, and we were doing some work on it, and I had the exhaust off of it. And uh, we had a receptionist who we had, and, and her dad was actually uh, Galpin, Galpin Ford, because we have a Galpin Ford here. So Greg Galpin came to the, the shop to see his daughter and everything, and, and they gave him a, a tour, and he saw the Bronco. He loved old Broncos. And... Uh, one of the guys called up and said, hey, can I fire this thing up? I said, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Fired it up. And, you know, it, I mean, it, it idled at 1,200 RPM, and it just, you know, it was it was very raspy sounding. Uh, and they called me back and said, hey, he wants to buy it. How much? And I said, no, it's not for sale. And they said, no, he really wants to buy it. And so I threw a ridiculous number out and didn't hear anything. And I came home, went to my desk, and there was a check for that number sitting on my desk. For the Bronco. Jeez. And so now that Bronco sits up at Galpin Ford. And uh, I got out of it for a little while. We got into uh, some autocross stuff for a while because we were pretty heavily into that. And then it's like I, it was itching me again. You know, I, I got to get back out there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, you know, the Broncos just cost too much money. And then the four-door Jeep was out. I was like, hmm. You know, when they first came out, I didn't like them. I didn't like the look of the four-door Jeep, and uh, it grew on me, and then finally went up and to the dealership and stupidly was looking around and saw one I liked. It was the, uh, you know, the the Rubicon, Rubicon edition, and I'm like, okay, and the guy made me a deal on it because it was a manual, and they didn't have a lot, a lot of sales on it, so he says, hey, for this price, you can have it. I'm like, sold, so that's what happened, and then, then the buildup happened from there, and I've been having fun ever since. So one of the the critical things uh, that we ask here on the show is uh, what color is your Jeep? Mine is the granite gray. 
crystal gray. I'm sorry, Will. That was the wrong answer. Red would have been the right answer for the color of a Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Uh, You did the same thing to Sean Holman. I know. But you know he had a great, a great comeback. It it wasn't a bright enough red. You have to you yeah. have to agree if you're a red color lover. If it's not a bright so, enough red, what's the point? <laughs> well, I can't go red because it's it's our competition's color. Ah, uh, well, there but you cloud go. Cloud clutches uses reds, and so I just couldn't go red. Uh, that's absolutely understandable. There, I I, I can certainly understand that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So one an orange, but I couldn't find an orange one. So tell me what uh, what are the some of the goodies that you've done to this? I mean, my God, with the, all that you had done with the Bronco, uh, have you gone more an off road build type for this thing, or, or are you putting a, uh, some sort of uh, Hemi or Monster engine in this one as well? <laughs> no, uh, it is still stock as far as engine wise. I haven't even done any computer. Work. The only thing it has is the I have the uh, MagnaFlow exhaust on it mm-hmm. and. Then we run the engine air intake, uh, and that's that's pretty much it for that. But I, it has been regeared. I run the Icon four and a half inch. Uh, I think it's a stage four kit on it, uh, and I run their wheels and then uh, nittle tires. I run the Ridge Gap grapplers, and it's I mean you know laundry list of, of, of things on it. You know the it's got rigid lights on it right now, and then. Uh, what else do I have on that? This is a whole bunch of stuff. I put, I ended up putting a tin on it cause we started getting into the overland stuff and mm-hmm. going out, you know, and just spending more time on the trail. So it now has a tent and a rack and refrigerator and, you know, I full set up cause when the trail recon guys came out here, it just, they, they, they set the hook and, yeah it's it's a neat idea uh the only the only trouble i have with the the tent on top is uh the center of gravity being shifted but you know you can always offset that with body armor and uh uh uh, uh, skid plates and stuff so (laughs) so the big question here is is that are you still running the 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 standard jeep uh clutch or did you replace it oh no that was we actually use my jeep as some r&d so uh, when we use the, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is when Jeep stepped away from that straight inline six, they stepped away from torque. You know, as soon as they put that V6 in there, the first one was the the 3.8 liter out of the Dodge Caravan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was from 07 to 11. And then from 2012 and up, they've used the Finistar 3.6 liter. And their peak power is actually like 6,000 or 5,800 RPM. Mm-hmm. Well, when we're wheeling, we're not we're not living at that kind of RPM. We're, uh, hope not. We're down low, so yeah. the torque the torque curve we want down low, and so just just old school thinking, you know, the way we used to do with the old twenty two R e Toyota engines is we just put a heavy flywheel on it and simulate torque. Oh, and so that's what that's what we did with the in the Jeeps is we put a heavier flywheel in it, and that's you know it's a it's mass and it's inertia. And what it does is it doesn't allow the weight of a vehicle, the Jeep, to pull the engine down as easily. So I can sit there and crawl, put it in first gear, four low, and I can pretty much crawl over anything and not even have to touch the throttle. Because now that energy is spinning on the back of the flywheel or the back of the engine. Right. The weight of the vehicle is not pulling it down as easily. Yeah. Literally keeping the crank moving so it doesn't stall. Yeah. It just crawls. Yeah. So. That that was the whole, you know, 
thought process. And, uh, you know, obviously through our Center Force 2 class unit, and I, I think I've got about 20,000 20, miles on the same disc. I keep changing pressure plates, and we do different things with it, but I keep using that same disc. Well, that's good, though. I, so. So, so correct me on this, because I don't know anything about the standard transmission on Jeeps. Uh, I recently had to do uh, a, 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 cl a clutch disc uh, replacement on my wife's uh, Jeep, my 2000, uh, her, her 2003 TJ, and I, I didn't know when I was looking stuff up uh, what was available, and I heard the name uh, Luke that, was, uh, that, that Jeep used, and I thought, well, what the hell, I'll just get that, I, and it wasn't until after I had ordered that stuff and posted up on our uh, Facebook page and, and, uh, and whatnot that uh, people were saying, oh, no, you should have got a center force. And, you know, I've already ordered the thing. What are you telling me this now for? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, just let you know, and I'm sure you're aware of it, that uh, there's a lot of people out there that swear by the center force clutch. And, frankly, I wish I had gone with that. Yeah, especially for your application. You know, we do, even on that, that straight six, we, we have a higher inertia steel flywheel uh, that helps it out substantially. You know, when you're off-roading, Again, that 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 mass, that high inertia, is such a benefit. It makes wheeling so much easier. Oh, I bet so much easier. Yeah, it's just, you know all of us. First thing we do is put bigger wheels and tires on it. And so, you know that adds more mass to it, but it also changes the mechanical advantage of the Vic, meaning, meaning the Jeep, uh, meaning the gear ratio. We're changing that, mm -hmm. so it's we're making it harder for the vehicle to get moving. So we put a lot more stress stress on axles, driveline, everything down the road, including the clutch. So when we can add that mass to it, we take that stress away from the clutch. Uh, the stress is still there on the axles and everything, but the engine uh, is a lot happier. And in the same thing, as far as that mass going down the highway, the engine's not working as hard to keep the weight of the vehicle at speed. So the heavier flywheel is a benefit uh, to the more torquey, uh, low-end torque uh, 4.0, as well as the uh, less torquey at low end, uh, 3.6, 3.8. Uh, so it, there's no downside to having the, the heavier no. flywheel. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe a little MPG, a half a MPG here or some, somewhere around, but uh, probably not even that. So uh, it, it just makes it easier for the, the, the engine to keep going and not stall is, is mm -hmm. what I'm hearing. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Uh, so the... Uh, I, I don't want to get you into uh, talking bad about competitors by name, but uh, how are the how do you guys stand out with uh, your products, your uh, pressure plate, clutch disc, flywheels? Uh, we've mentioned the heavier flywheels. How do you guys stand out from your competition? Well, I mean, same thing we've been doing for years. Uh, you know, we do everything here in house. We're not buying anything from from overseas and having it made somewhere and putting our you know putting our name on it. Uh, we do buy from, you know, all the big places like you talked talked about was Luke. Mm -hmm. Well, you have Saks, you have, you know, Exidy, you have all those OE manufacturers. Well, we work with all of them, but we get to pick and choose what we want. So a lot of times we may have them uh, custom make us our own components, you know, where we have our own part number. And then once we get them in, you know, we get them in, in usually in just pieces. And so we have to reassemble everything because we're, uh, using our ball bearing technology, our our friction material, our centrifugal assist. There's a lot of different things that we put into that pressure plate disc clutch combination that make it 
uh, as great as it is. And we, we really focus on the disc itself because that is the heart of the clutch and that has to be perfect. You know, our tolerance in, in making the disc up itself is very, very tight. There's a nice video that uh, Con Media did and they did a kind of behind the scenes on how it's made uh, that really goes into kind of depth on how, how we actually build all these products. So kind of a neat video. And, and is that on uh, the, the website or YouTube or yes? It's on our YouTube channel, okay. you know, and you can find it on the website as well. And uh, we'll just remind folks that centerforce.com. So if you're uh, listening to the interview now, you can certainly jump over there. You can multitask. You can go over there and look at some of their products they have there. So let me ask you a question. One of the things that I saw, and this, of course, is after I bought the uh, uh, the the kit uh, to go on the uh, 2003 TJ. Uh, I One of the things I saw were people complaining about the plastic that was on the throwout bearing. Um, is this, is this something that I'm sure this is something you guys are aware of? And, uh, is that something that you guys do or using plastic in any of your, uh, uh, components? Uh, not, not, not that bearing. No, we don't use the plastic. There is one out there that has some plastic components in it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they just did that for a cost savings, but it's not, that's not what we use. Do you uh, see that the as only a one that is still plastic is actually the late model. JL oh. and JT, those are OE plastic bearings. Do you see that as a as a negative thing? Having the, I mean, a full a full plastic bearing would not be a good thing, of, of course. But uh, it, it, is that something I should be concerned about? I guess is what I'm getting at here because it's you know it's it's not for you people listening. It's for me. I got to ask these questions to help myself out. <laughs> Did you grease it? <laughs> um, I can't remember. Is it the plastic collar that's you, inside? Was it the plastic? It's on the back. Yeah, it's on the back of the uh, the throw-out bearing. I, I greased that shaft that it uh, goes up yeah. and down on. Uh, typically, you don't put grease with plastic. Uh, that's one of the things they don't do. Uh, you can use a dry graphite, but not like a, a grease because mm-hmm. it can fall. Um, so, you know, depending on how they they want it, but we typically don't see grease with the plastic, and those, those are the differences um, is, you know, grease grease a problem especially too much so it would be a good idea that if you if you for some reason you're not getting a center force uh, clutch set up which certainly sounds like that's the best way to go is to actually get that uh but if uh, for some reason you were uh not, not getting that and the uh throwout bearing has plastic in it it would be better to perhaps go another brand or or, or get a, a full metal uh throwout bearing is what, what i'm hearing i would go to steel if you can and here's the problem with the plastic is that the especially when you're using grease with it, um, the clutch is very much like brakes, and it's a dust generator. Mm-hmm. So every time you let that clutch out or, or push it in, you're, you're wearing the clutch, and so it creates dust. You know, there's a fine powder, and that's the friction lining. You know, just breaking down. Sure. And when you have a wet surface such as grease, its dust is naturally attracted to it. Okay. And so when the bearing's going back and forth on this grease being plastic, it's like sandpaper over a period of time. And you've just created a very gritty, greasy surface for that plastic bearing to, to slide back and forth on. Yeah, that makes sense. And it will wear it away. And then the bearing gets really sloppy and will start making noise. And eventually, you know, just, it can, it, you know, eventually fail. And mm-hmm. then it, it's, it's going to, 
wear away enough to where it hits the actual metal sleeve of the bearing itself, and then you'll start galling that, and it'll create a you'll create a squeal because the bearing's wanting to turn with the diaphragm, and it'll create a gouge and a squeal on the collar itself. Well, you learn stuff. Sometimes you learn stuff too late. Hopefully, uh, we're uh, educating people before they have to go through this. Um, and, and I'd like to th- throw this out there. Uh, I didn't find that uh, replacing the uh, the clutch, pressure plate, and flywheel was all that difficult. So uh, you do need to have a, a few set of tools uh, mm-hmm. to be able to do this, especially uh, when you're trying to torque the uh, the flywheel bolts back down. Uh, sure. You need a good half-inch uh, torque wrench. But it's not really that difficult if you're mechanically minded at all. It's fairly easy to do. Uh, I, I saw prices of like uh, anywhere from fifteen to eighteen hundred dollars uh, here in the uh, the Houston area as far as uh, having this done, and uh, you know it, it didn't cost me anywhere near that uh, as long as you don't factor in my time. So um, uh, you know, surely you've changed out a few clutches, and you could probably mirror what I'm once telling you here. Twice. <laughs> What's that? I can have once or twice. I can have my Jeep. No, no, I have the benefit of having a, a lift. So. I can have my the clutch out of my Jeep in two hours. Oh, gee, God bless you. I, I think I, I worked uh, two <laughs> days on and off uh, with hers. But I, I was a little concerned. I didn't. Well, I had no idea what the, the weight of that uh, that transmission was back when I was uh, changing out the trans uh, uh, the the clutch in my car. I would just grab that Muncie four speed and pull it out and just you know manhandle it. And I, I didn't I didn't think that the the, the uh, NV thirty nine oh forty or whatever I've got in there. Uh, I didn't. That one didn't look like it was uh, the same weight as the the Muncie four speed. So I was a little concerned about the weight. But I had a, um, a, 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 a transmission jack I was able to use. So it was a little scary from that standpoint. But uh, it, it was definitely doable. Yeah, when you're on your back on the ground, it's that's obviously a lot more challenging. Um, you know. So you know, for me, I never take the transfer case off of the transmission. That's one thing I don't do. Yeah, I didn't either. So it makes it a lot easier. It's 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 a heavier unit, you know, and more more bulky. But we have a tran, tranny jack, so it's not a problem. Um, so my, the biggest problem with the JKs is getting the the uh, shifter knob or lever out of that little hole. <laughs> you got to twist the engine back so far to get it out of there. So I, I put it in first gear when I drop it down, and then once we get it tilted down, I pull it into to like fourth or or third or a second. And then I can pull the whole thing out mm-hmm. without pulling the shifter off of the tranny itself. Oh, it was such a pain in the butt on the uh, the transmission that I was doing because there was uh, four little, uh, uh, I think it was hex um, uh, hex key screws that were holding the shifter on that I had to uh, take those things off. <laughs> and you can't see them. And you have to no. reach over on top of it. Uh, I, I guess I could have spent more time getting the uh, the shifter stuff out of the way so I could see down in the hole. And then I put a rag in there to make sure nothing fell in. And then after I get the transmission back in, the rag's gone. So <laughs> it seems to be working Sometimes, fine. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's easier on that aspect if you can tilt, you know, leave the transmission obviously bolted to the engine, but tilt it back a little bit. Oh, yeah. And then pull it away from the floor pan. And then you can come up from underneath and get those four bolts sometimes easier because usually the front two are hidden from the tunnel itself you can usually get the back two really easy but it's the front two because there's a hole in the the tunnel but you can't see those front two usually and those are the ones that are a pain in the butt oh and those damn torx bolts i thought i had a torx uh socket 
And I got up there to take those things off, and no, I didn't. And uh, so I actually had to order a, a torque socket to come in and wait for the uh, for it to come in the next day to, to take those out. Do they do they still do the Torx bolts on the? Uh, yeah. The, 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 yes, dude, they do. Those rat bastards. <laughs> do you know the reason for that? Is that so you'll take it to the dealership to have it worked on? Just just for good shows on uh, a Jeep talk show. <laughs> <laughs> just get, 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 get something good to talk about. Yeah, you know? I guess I like, so. I'll screw somebody. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, of course, I read on the forums that they were talking about people replacing that with normal bolts, uh, and not have to go through that again. But hell, I've got a Torx uh, socket set now, so I'm I'm good as long as I don't lose uh, lose it. It would probably be the uh, that one would probably be like losing the 10 millimeter socket uh, that that specific one, which I think is like a. I think I read it was a 12, but I think it's actually a 14 uh, uh, torque socket that I used. But anyway, so tell us some more about your products. I mean, uh, you, you have more than one clutch. Uh, obviously, you've got more than one flywheel because you got the heavy flywheel. you got the regular flywheel. Is there, is there a reason to go with the, the, the regular weighted flywheel? It's, and what we offer is just an OE replacement, and it's, it's a good nodular iron stock replacement. So someone that's, you know doesn't want to break the bank the uh, excuse me I can't talk oh, that's all right. break the bank uh you know as far as you know what because it's expensive to do clutches nowadays so someone's just looking for an old stock oe replacement iron flywheel nodule iron uh we have that and then we have our steel billet on top of that and then we have different options as far as clutches we have our center force one which is very much an entry level uh it's just an upgrade over the oe stock components you know we use a much better friction material we're using what we feel is the best pressure plate with the proper clamping force for it and then we go to our center force two is the next option and that's what i all of us here uh pretty much recommend for most off-roading is the center force two and that's just the same pressure plate as uh the center force one but it has more clamping force and typically has more centrifugal assist and uh so centrifugal assist is is uh, the weights that you see on the diaphragm and they work with the function of rpm and because the jeep is running at a lower rpm we we throw more centrifugal assist at it so that you get more holding capacity at a lower rpm and obviously the more rpm you throw out of it throw at it the the greater the uh, clamping force comes into play and then from there you have our dual friction uh, which is still all very friend, uh, street friendly uh, very streetable uh, and sean holman that's what he ran in his Jeep and his JK, mm-hmm. uh, his red JK, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for several years. He brought it here and we put it in. Uh, and uh, he sold it with that same clutch in it. Uh, but that's that's for the guy that's kind of looking more serious, a little more power, you know, bigger tires, looking for a lot more holding capacity. And usually we'll recommend something like that for a guy that's back east or something that's playing a little more in the mud. And kind of needs that PSI because one one disadvantage uh, with mud is that it actually gets up inside of the bell housing. So, you know, we want to keep that sealed as much as possible because we don't want that contaminant right. getting up in there. And so when you have something like mud, you need that PSI because the clutch is operating, you know, generally around 160 to 210 degrees. That's where it's operating. So when you get something... Uh, liquid, a uh, mud in there, it can crystallize and, and create some serious problems very, very fast, especially if you're slipping the clutch, because at that point in time, now you're getting some ridiculous pressure or, or temperatures in there. I mean, it's to spike it 
and see 600 degrees on a clutch is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. And 600 degrees and mud create a dirt clod. So, uh, and then... (laughs) And then it, the clutch doesn't work properly. So right. that's why you want to be able to fling all that mud out with that, that dual friction. It gets it gets it out uh, as fast as possible. Um, and it gives, like I said, it provides a lot more holding capacity because of the PSI that it provides. Now, this, uh, th- this actually brings up an interesting question, it's something that we've talked about on the show before uh, that I wasn't really aware of. I have an automatic, so it's not really something I have to worry about. Uh, but uh, having tr- uh, standards uh, in the past, I didn't necessarily get them in deep water uh, being a car, but I've heard that you do not want uh, a clutch in uh, a hot clutch in water. And I was a little surprised to hear that. And it kind of sounds like what you're talking about here with the mud. Is there something that you can do with a with a clutch uh, in water that you – I think I think somebody actually said you just don't want to uh, – uh, uh, disengage the clutch you want to leave it clamped and it kind of goes along with what you were talking about is is there a danger that you need to be careful of uh, with uh, a hot clutch in water well yeah it's uh, anytime you introduce something hot to something cold uh those molecules in that iron do not like to be have a rapid cool like that mm-hmm. and it it can almost make things brittle you know, uh, and that's why you really want to pay attention to make sure you're using a ductile iron slash nodular iron or even a steel uh, type of material because it's not affected uh, when it sees that, you know, rapid uh, decrease in temperature. Um, And yeah, uh, you know, friction linings don't like water. um, And and just like someone said, yeah, you just want to, uh, uh, you know, don't, don't push the clutch in when you're doing that because, uh, you know, you're allowing water to get in that friction material. That that clutch is actually, the surfaces are, you know, there's no water, there's no air gap in there, so there's water not going to get in there. And if you don't have enough, especially on a full-face disc, if you push the clutch in and you go to push it, you know, let it out, the disc can kind of hydroplane on there and you're not going to be able to get the clamping force. You know, depending on especially a worn disc, uh, you know, it just, it needs that clamping force. Once you can spin it out and get it out, it'll eventually lock up, but it can, and I'm not saying it always does that. Right. It can hydroplane against either the pressure plate or the flywheel or both. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so really the, that is the, the, the good advice is, is don't, if you're in water, don't, uh, don't push the clutch in. Uh, and, uh, I'm sorry. Try not to. Yeah. And uh, that would be one way of doing it. And I would think the higher clamping force uh, would be uh, would be preferable in that that uh, that situation, just like it was in the mud. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, the heavier flywheel uh, probably would be able to handle the the heat changes uh, quicker as well. Sure. Yeah. You have all that mass, so it's not affected. Uh, you know, and that's what the flywheel's job is: is to actually. It's a heat sink. It's, its job is to pull the heat away from the disc. Everything you're doing, you want to pull the heat away from the disc because that is the number one killer of a clutch is heat. So anytime we can have more mass, it's going to, then I'm going to suck that heat away from the disc itself because anytime you're slipping it, that's where it's getting hot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we want, we want that heat to, to get away from the disc as fast as possible and dissipate it. Would I also be correct in assuming that the higher clamping force means you're going to have less wear on that uh, that disc? Obviously, if you're not slipping it. Only if you're not slipping it. Uh, 
high clamp load or not or low clamp load doesn't matter it's the slipping that that does creates the wear now if you don't have enough clamp load where you're driving through the clutch and generating more slip then yeah that's where a higher clamp load are really coming to play because the disc isn't going to slip as easily uh, you know, the weight of the vehicle is not going to you know pull that thing down and uh, allow the engine to drive through the uh, the disc itself well damn it will i wish i had bought uh, Citroforce force uh, clutch stuff now uh <laughs> 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 there's i guess there's always next time hopefully we'll get uh, ninety thousand miles out of uh, out of this uh, uh setup that we have and uh, but uh uh, knock on wood, I've got two other TJs. My daughters also have TJs, so uh, we may have uh, one of those coming up uh, for a replacement. I don't, I, it's not slipping. I, I was kind of thinking my wife's was uh, was going to need to be changed because you can kind of tell, I think, whenever the, the pedal starts coming up and uh, also, too, you get the shutter uh, sometimes on takeoff. So uh, I figured that was uh, that was coming up, but uh, so far the uh, the other two Jeeps are doing fine. Well, okay. yeah, yeah. So uh, this is great information. Now, uh, speaking of great information, uh, somebody told me that uh, you guys might be giving uh, giving something away to our our listening, our Jeep Talk Show audience. Yes, sir. One of your lucky uh, listeners. So uh, I, I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard a giveaway before. I mean, obviously you've heard uh, heard the interview with uh, Sean Holman. That was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, but, uh, the, uh, what we do here is we, uh, since, since it's not like a, a broadcast, like you go over the radio, uh, waves, it's more of an on-demand media. What we do is we get people to call into our voicemail line and, uh, we, we pick a number, uh, let's say pick a number and usually the the guest will do this, pick a number between one and 10 and they have to be the first uh, the, the first to that number. So like if we, if we get five calls and the, the they got to be the fifth caller, uh, they have to be, you know, in that order, uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, being to be the winner. So, uh, if you could pick a number between one and 10 for the, uh, the caller to win this, uh, this, uh, center okay. force clutch. You want me to say that now? Yes, please. Number seven. Number seven. That seems to be a popular one. Uh, we had, uh, uh, Ted from uh, uh, Quadratech on, and that was the number he picked as well. So that's a popular one. Um, so, uh, and I don't know if we actually—I thought I may have just let it out of the bag as Center Force Clutch. So tell tell the folks what the what we're what we're giving away on the Center Force Clutch is this. This isn't just the 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 the, the disc part. This is uh, what a whole no, setup. No, no. So this is the whole kit. Oh uh, my goodness! This will be our high inertia steel flywheel if we have it for that particular application. Uh, whatever caller comes in, mm-hmm. it's going to be our Center Force Two kit, uh, and that'll be our ball bearing pressure plate, a Center Force Two disc. We'll throw uh, uh, you know all the hardware, the ARP hardware, to hold the everything together um, because it's the the clutch alone is only as good as the bolts holding it in. So that's sure. where we like to throw the very best in bolts, uh, holding everything, in, especially spinning an RPM and throwout bearing and pilot bearing. Wow! So it's everything. Yeah, this is great. So, would you consider this to be Sean Holman approved since he's uh, used the uh, the category two before? Oh yes. So, <laughs> funny funny story with Sean. After he picked his Jeep up, he went to Moab, and before he even came home, he went straight to Moab to here, <laughs> and we put a clutch in his Jeep, his brand new uh, JL. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was talking about uh, picking that thing up uh, when we spoke with him. So, uh, wow, that's uh, that's some dedication to the to the Centerforce brand. There, let's get rid of this uh, the stock thing and put uh, something in there that's good. I like that. 
Yeah, it's just that you know because he got to feel the effects of that high inertia steel flywheel. And absolutely love it. Oh. So that just makes wheeling all the difference in the world. I bet you it was very anemic. Uh, I bet you the Jeep yeah. clutch was very anemic in comparison. Well, the stock JL, it's it's got a lot of issues straight out of the box. And as you know, the JLs they, they just had a recall. Yep. On every manual JL that was built, um, and we saw the clutch that's in those. And I talked to Sean about it uh, last year at SEMA. Uh, that that was just, in my opinion, not the smartest clutch choice to put in an off-road vehicle. Uh, to put a little nine-inch twin in an off-road vehicle is just, just, just insanely. I, I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand why they did it. But uh, that's the same clutch setup that you would find in a GT350. The Mustang GT350. It's a performance clutch. Right. The Jeep's performance, it's not in speed. It's the, the performance of a Jeep is off-road. Oh, yeah. That's, that's its performance. Absolutely. Um, and so that's why we don't put a small, lightweight clutch in those things. Um, for, it's, just, it's just, it's all backwards. And so we never understood. And they have such a soft pedal, and you can't feel it. And because of that, the way that twin disc works, it was either in or out. So it was very easy to stall it. Um, and the, you know, the Jeep or that little V6 is so quiet with the stock exhaust, you can't hear it. So, you know, as a, as a clutch guy, I want to hear and feel it mm -hmm. and you just couldn't feel it. It was either in or out. So, uh, you know, the prototype that we had, uh, Jeep that we had to play with, I actually stalled it twice. And, you know, that's, I don't typically stall a vehicle, but, and especially an OE vehicle. Uh, and that one's just insanely easily to, uh, to stall. So hmm. we fixed all that, put a little more pedal effort into it so he could feel it and give that driver control and put a higher inertia steel flywheel in there and uh, threw a Center Force 2 kit at, at Sean's Jeep. So was so, he, could he notice a, a significant change? Uh, instantly. Good. Uh, yeah, he said that was just, just taking off from a dead stop, even on, on city streets. It just makes it so much easier. The Jeep, so so what, what a heavy flywheel does, the other thing it does, and I didn't explain it last time, is it it makes the vehicle feel lighter so it's, it's essentially it's almost like you know like if you're, you're trying to take off in second gear all the time and then you put it in first gear and you try to take off in first gear it's so much easier the the high inertia still flywheel is essentially the same feeling it feels like you got a lower first gear mm -hmm. and so when you let the clutch out it's so much easier for the vehicle just to take off and you don't have to, you don't have to worry about feathering the clutch and, mm -hmm. and is it going to stall? You know, you can kind of just let it out and it will go. I tell you what, I, I am liking what I hear, uh, from, from this. And I just hate that, uh, I, uh, didn't do this with my, uh, my wife's uh, Jeep now, but oh, well, it is, it is what it is. Uh, like I said, I got two other Jeeps that I'll, I'll know for next time. <laughs> uh, oh, let's get back to the giveaway. So center force yes. clutch, all those wonderful items and, Good Lord, uh, Will, that sounds expensive. I'm not going to ask you how much it is. People can go over to uh, can go over to centerforce.com and look it up. But, uh, you know, we, we don't want to just make it easy for the people. they got to work for this, especially for this great giveaway. Uh, we have to ask them a phrase that they have to say exactly. So uh, do, do you guys have a phrase or something, something, something short that people could remember? And uh, when they call in the voicemail, they have to say this phrase. Okay. You ready for it? Uh, I am ready. Hit me. The clutch with balls. <laughs> well, that has a dual meaning, doesn't it? 
Because <laughs> you can feel it, you know. It may be even grab you by the balls whenever you're taking off. <laughs> and it's very true. We are the only clutch with balls. <laughs> and of course, that's the ball bearings in the pressure plate, yes. correct? Yep. And and internally, there's a pivot point that the diaphragm pivots on, and that's uh, there's two ways to achieve clamp load in a pressure plate. One's to change the diaphragm spring, um, or change that fulcrum point, which is the mechanical advantage. And what we do is we actually leave the diaphragm spring kind of alone. Uh, that way we're not messing around with uh, pedal effort and, and, and changing the amount of force that the crank is seeing, the thrust bearing on the crank. When we use the ball bearing, we can actually tailor and put that, that fulcrum wherever we want and the diaphragm's pivoting on it versus the iron that it's pivoting uh, you know, on an OE application. So we, we can put that in, put the ball bearings right where we want it, and and put everything right back to OE spec and 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 stack up you know, or deck height however you want to say it and the operation is awesome. But what we end up doing by putting ball bearings in it, we actually reduce reduce the internal friction because now that everything's on a ball, mm-hmm. and so we can soften the pedal effort, increase the release ratio, and also decrease pedal effort and uh, increase a lot of clamp load at the same time. So we can give a lot with putting a little bit of ball in the, in the pressure plate. <laughs> Balls to the walls. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds great. So let's just uh, let's go over this one more time. You can, uh, if you are the seventh caller, and you say the clutch with balls, you can win her. Uh, you can win her. You can win a full center force clutch stage two with the the uh, I forget the exact term you're using, but basically the heavier flywheel. What do you call that flywheel? I heard. High inertia. High inertia. Fun. Yeah, it's uh, those are multi-syllable words. That's why I had a problem. So uh, <laughs> the high inertia flywheel, man, this is a sweet, sweet deal. So uh, you got to, you know, that's why we tell you guys to download the app, the Jeep Talk Show app, so you can hear these episodes as soon as they come out on Friday. Because uh, somebody's going to be very, very happy with this giveaway. Will, this is this is wonderful. Thank you, uh, Center Force, and thank you and Center Force so much for uh, uh, for doing oh. this for our listeners. Got to get the word out, you know. <laughs> you must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. So uh, tell me, Will, uh, what, uh, you know, the kids these days, they love the social media. How, uh, how can they go and see and learn and uh, talk, uh, uh, talk to some folks about uh, the Center Force uh, brand? Well, obviously, all of our social outlets, you know, we have Facebook, Instagram, uh, you know, our, 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 our uh, website, you know, mm-hmm. go there as well, the centerforce.com. And we also have our YouTube channel, uh, you know, where we've uploaded different videos and and people that we've worked with, we've, we've shared their videos as well. And so you can get a lot of information that way. Uh, and, we, you know, obviously we work a lot with the Overland guys, too, and they always put up a bunch of stuff on our stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So it's, uh, it's just Center Force uh, on, uh, you just do a search for Center Force on YouTube, Instagram, uh, yep. Facebook, and it's Center Force. You can Force get it right off of our website, too. There should be a direct link on our website. To all of those channels. Okay. And centerforce.com. So it's, it's spelled just exactly the way you think it would be. Of course, we'll have that, uh, the, that link and I'm sure the other links uh, to the social media in uh, this episode's show notes. 
Will, I can't thank you enough. Very interesting, and I feel horrible that I didn't get a Center Force clutch now. <laughs> Just absolutely horrible. So you, you actually ruined my night. We're going to have to fix that then, aren't we? <laughs> I'm not taking that damn thing out again. That was a lot of work. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks a lot, and I appreciate you making time for us. Well, I can't thank Will enough for coming on the show and talking with us, sharing with us some inside information about Center Force Clutches. You know, we've known that name for many, many years. They've been around for a long time. And, and no, I'm not I'm not talking about Will's age or anything like that. But no, great company, a great product. Uh, I've actually worked with them in the past with other vehicles and, and other projects and stuff like that. Uh, really top-notch stuff. So really, uh, really good to have them on the show. I'm just so excited about the giveaway. A center force clutch, the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle, and and, and it's that uh, that uh, what do they call it? What do you say? The centrifugal mass, the actual heavy heavier clutch uh, pressure plate, not pressure mm-hmm. plate, the uh, the the flywheel that allows you uh, to keep the engine from stalling. I mean, we're talking about some nice stuff here, and you know, it's just such a pain in the ass. I just went and bought all that stuff to put, to put on my wife's Jeep. And then here's oh, Center, right. For, Center Force coming on, telling me all the stuff that I should have bought from them yeah. instead. I mean, he didn't say that exactly, but, you know. Oh, it was implied. It was implied. It was implied. <laughs> <laughs> I hope one of you uh, listening uh, actually wins that Center Force clutch. And when you do, you uh, let us know what you think about it and how good it works for you. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Especially off-road. Well, hey, if you have an idea for a guest, we want to hear it. Maybe you work in the off-road industry or know somebody who does. Maybe you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We'd sure like to have you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com. Contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? It very well could be you. You know, we mentioned at the top of the show, Extreme Terrain has released a new video. A video begins with Extreme Host uh, Meredith Evasu breaking down four kinds of soft tops. Show uh, She shows them installed on Jeep JKs and JLs, along with an overview on all the benefits of each and every design. As Meredith points out, the tops are available for every generation and can be found on Extreme Terrain's website. Customers can choose a complete replacement soft top. It's great as a warm weather replacement or for those who have, have a damaged or, or broken hardware on their current top. The other style is a replacement style soft top, and this is this is the, for the Jeep owner who already has a soft top installed on the Wrangler and just wants to replace the fabric if their frame is in good condition. If Jeep owners are looking for extra sun protection, well, Meredith urges them to consider installing a mesh top to stave off damaging UV rays while still allowing light and air to pass through. The last style Meredith reviews is a bikini top or brief top. While not a complete replacement top, the bikini top does offer both light and weather protection and often involves the use of a header for installation. Choosing the right top is a big commitment. With all the options out there, the new video helps Jeepers feel a little bit better equipped to choose a top that works best for their rig. It's a welcome addition to the vast array of information already available inside of Extreme Terrain's Jeep Tops Tech Guide. Be sure and visit ExtremeTerrain.com today for more information on choosing your Wrangler soft top and for a wide variety of products for your own Jeep. We'll have a link to Meredith's video in the show notes for this episode. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, newbie! Noobie! Noob Nuggets. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, we had a funny thing happen this weekend. We had family over to celebrate my husband's dad's birthday, which was back in March and we couldn't get together. And Bill decided to take a few of the family members out on a quick Jeep run just to give them a chance to see or do something they probably would not be able to do since they don't own a Jeep. 
He decides that he's going to take his dad, his brother, and his brother's wife out and just do the first obstacle on Gold Mountain. I asked if he had anyone else going with him and he said, don't need it. It's just the first obstacle. Only about six miles round trip from home and we have the radio so I can communicate with you. So we're all good. Well, Bill is an experienced jeeper and knows a lot of stuff and I've driven that part of the trail and it's fairly easy going and if anything happens, Bill can handle it. Who am I to argue? I'm just a newbie still. Well, sort of. So off they went. They got to the bottom of the trail, aired down, and Bill checked in with us. And surprisingly, we had a clear signal with the radios. He proceeded up the trail while I, my dad, and my father-in-law's wife stayed at the house and we played cards. A great break for us. And I know his dad wanted to do the runs since that's the kind of stuff Bill learned from his dad growing up. Now, some time had passed and I realized I hadn't heard from them. I wasn't too worried, but it did give me a reason to pause and think of all the possible issues one could have on that trail. Those thoughts quickly passed, as I know Bill is experienced and can handle anything. Well, about 20 minutes later, he checks in, and this is what he said. You're not going to believe this, but I ran out of gas. I said, what? <laughs> How is that possible? How does that happen, thing- right? Yeah, it's... The- <laughs> I'm serious. It was crazy. It's the first thing we check and make sure of before we go off trail. He said, I was heading back down the second obstacle and stopped the Jeep on a steep downhill slope just above the hardest part of the second obstacle so my brother could get out and take some pictures. As I was waiting for him to take the pictures, the gas ran to the front of the gas tank and left the pickup tube for the pump dry and couldn't get fuel to the engine. Now, he mentions to me they didn't actually run out of gas. It was just such a steep angle, and the third tank of gas wasn't enough to cover the pickup pump. It literally ran out of gas, even though there was a third of a tank when he left the house. Now, first off, why did he go to the second obstacle without another Jeep? (laughs) Hmm. Secondly, I couldn't wait to share this story on the show because my husband is the best wheeler I know, and to have this happen is simply priceless. Okay, it gets better. So he discovers that they can't push the Jeep off the obstacle and downhill because it's stuck in a hole or a rut at the base of that obstacle. (laughs) So it's easily stuck going downhill. So Bill gets out and has to use the winch to pull himself downhill. (laughs) Did y'all get that? Downhill. But to make all this work, he has to be in the driver's seat with the brake on because there's no power steering or power brakes while he uses the winch and controls the Jeep so it doesn't keep on going downhill. Okay, I don't know about you, but I was laughing the whole time he told me what he had to do. I wasn't envisioning him trying to do all this with a bum hip, no help from the family because they didn't have a clue on what to do. He truly is an experienced Jeeper and handy at all things. He managed to get the Jeep off the obstacle and to a level part of the hill and the gas filled back up and he was able to start the Jeep and continue on. Now, who would have thought this could have ever happened? Oh, how I love a good trail story. But it did make me realize that in all the episodes, I really didn't talk about the gas level. So three things I want to emphasize today. Always make sure you have a full tank when you go out. Even a third tank of gas on a short run can cause some interesting obstacle challenges, like running out of gas on an incline or a decline. Always want to have a good form of communication, like a CB or ham radio. And always go out with someone else, or at least leave a flight plan, even if it's an easy trail. Had he not had a winch to get himself free, he would still be there. 
or he would have had to call someone else to come help because I was not le- going to leave my card game to go get him. So <laughs> don't. Oh man. <laughs> so Pick don't that. be a bill. Exactly. So don't be a bill and go out alone on a black diamond trail with only a third of a tank of gas. I don't care how experienced you are or how capable your Jeep is. You just never know when you might park on a steep slope and you need to winch yourself out downhill. Now, his family had a great time and had got a very real Jeep experience. And I'm sure we'll laugh about this for a while. I'm still laughing just because this could have gone downhill badly, but everything turned out okay. And on another good note, the radios performed beautifully. I guess we had a great line of sight for the signal. Good thing, though, huh? Yeah. So, guys, anything funny happen on a run you want to share? I think I, uh, I think I know why Bill's not in the Zoom meeting tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, I don't need that harassment. Thank uh-uh, you very no. much. <laughs> right? Oh. oh no, you can't let him live this one down. This will be funny it's for years so to come. Classic. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my ears perked up as soon as you said at the second obstacle. I went, wait yes. a minute, wait, wait, yes. what? She just said they were going to do <laughs> yeah. one obstacle. I know, that but, second but, obstacle. But while yeah. you're there. That's right. <laughs> well, and as you know, Tony, that second obstacle isn't that far from the first one. So I could yeah. see him getting up the first one pretty easy, taking his family over to the second one, because they did probably get out and watch him get up. He got to the top, turned around and came back down. I know where he stopped, but I just think it's funny as heck. And I'm sure the look on his face had to be priceless because <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And he's thinking, why did the Jeep just die? I, I'm sitting here waiting for the pictures. Why is it dead? What happened? <laughs> I think you're, I think you're right. This says a lot for your relationship that he would actually call you and let you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and of course he's telling me all this. My dad's looking at me. I'm laughing. I go, Oh my gosh. The first thing I'm going to do is bring it up in the podcast. He goes, Oh my gosh, you are not a good. Yes, I am. <laughs> there has to be a lesson here. I know there has to be. Oh. Anyway, you guys got a funny story? Josh, I'm sure you do. Something funny that happened. Well, you actually, uh, just, I mean, Tony even mentioned it uh, uh, earlier um, on, the, on the last run that I was on. Uh, I had my GoPro out, and uh, and I've got I've got multiple mounts and stuff like that uh, uh, for the device, and and one of them is is a really good suction cup mount, um, and it works really really good on automotive glass, uh, or if you've got a, a you know a newer uh, you know a Jeep that doesn't have a whole lot of scratches and stuff on it, and the paint still has clear coat and wax and stuff, and and it's all shiny and pretty and stuff. Well, then you can get a good a good grip on the paint too, but uh, uh, but no, but uh, mine works really good on the glass. Providing that you clean the glass at least a little oh, bit no. ahead of time. <laughs> now I had I had I had you know pulled the shirt and kind of given a little swirl 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 and oh that should be good knock the dust off and and lick the suction cup and yeah, yeah. it goes. I was going to ask you and, if you uh, it. And, yeah and and so you know good to go right and so every so often I'm looking in the mirror and I'm checking to make sure that 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 camera is still mounted on the very very back corner of the rear quarter panel window in my Cherokee okay. and uh, or on it on the outside. And and so it was doing pretty good for you know uh, I don't know a good portion of the uh, of the first part of the trail, and we get up to where um, one of these uh, these rock formations are that I like to play on on this trail, and uh, and I look back and I was like ah crap the camera's not there, and oh, I no. just looked back and so I knew that it was somewhere in the last couple hundred yards or so, oh. um, and so it's like you know okay uh, do you mind you know getting out and look I'm gonna go back down the trail turn around. And then see if I can't see it. Maybe it just it landed in the middle of the trail or something like that. So mm-hmm. as as you walk down, I'll drive back up, and and one of us should be able to find it. Sure. And so I go I go down about a quarter mile, <laughs> a lot farther oh. than I probably should have. 
And uh, and I turn around and I'm, I'm driving back real slow and and I'm looking for something shiny and you know silver and plasticky and you know all that sort of stuff. It's going to stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, and uh, and it's oh, I can't I don't see it. And I, I finally come around the corner. I'm kind of coming up over over a hill and and he's got it in his hand. And I'm just like oh right on you know where'd you find it? And he's like oh it's just right over here on the side and and really honestly about 20 feet from where we had stopped. Uh, oh. and, and so my, my, you know, 15 minute backtrack was for not. And, uh, so anyways, he's like, you know, go ahead, you know, uh, take, pull, you know, take a line and, and crawl, I'll get some good video. And, uh, and so I was playing on the rocks for a little bit and, and, uh, and he got, he got some video with his phone and, and with my GoPro. Well, it wasn't until a couple of days later when I'm home and I'm, I'm going through the footage and I'm editing things and I'm putting together, you know, chunks of video to make one, uh, you know, one little, you know, one little video of, of, uh, you know, cross section of what the day was like. And, um, and I'm going through and I was like, oh, here's where the camera fell off. And you know, it all tumble, tumble, tumble. <laughs> and, and then it just sits and it's, and it's like five minutes goes by and I was like, well, clearly I'm editing this out. And then yeah. all of a sudden my buddy Mike's face comes up and he's got a gold tooth on his front grill and he's just, he's just like, cheese, you know, <laughs> he's, he's got this big, you know, shit eating grin uh, on his face and, and, it, and it, he's, you know, blows me a kiss on the camera and it's like, oh, what are you doing, guy, you know, <laughs> and, and so, uh, it was, but it was good times. We, we had a, we had a great day out despite, uh, despite the, uh, you know, the getting stuck and, and having to pull cable and all that, which still, you know, it ultimately isn't all that bad. No, um, but, not. uh, That's but no, we, we had it, we had a great, great day and it was, it was, just, it was funny, you know, seeing that because I didn't know that, that he was, you know, blowing kisses and, you know, hand right. signals, you know, all this other <laughs> yeah, stuff. And, later. and I just thought oh. he had picked it up and he started walking down the trail and that's where, that's when I came up over the hill. Uh, but no, nope, lo and behold, there's a whole, there's a whole interaction there. So that was, <laughs> that was kind of fun. Luckily you were close by or it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did not need to see that, man. Come on. Yeah. Delete, delete. How about you, Tony? Well, uh, this is, uh, uh, you guys give me a hard time about this. This is fine. My daughter and I, my oldest daughter and I, were at uh, Red Robin uh, having uh, having some burgers. and uh, Not wheeling, apparently. We were Moving uh, on. going out to the uh, the Jeep, and uh, this, uh, this young man and a younger man with him walk over and say, hey, man, can you help us out? I was like, uh, I don't have any change. And he's like, no, no, we're, uh, we're stuck. Because there was a, a a subdivision in development just on the other side of the road, but there's okay. no houses. Nothing had been done other than the woods and stuff had been cleared. So it became a impromptu wheeling spot here mm-hmm. uh, in Katy. So I said, uh, "Yeah, sure." So we uh, we drove over there, and uh, they had a a late model Jeep Cherokee uh, XJ, late model, uh, stuck in the mud, and it was a stock XJ. And he and his uh, younger brother. Uh, we're out there messing around, and they, they got the Jeep stuck. So we uh, hooked the winch to it and on the front and uh, tried to pull it. My God, they had that thing stuck. My my <laughs> Jeep and my winch would not move that uh, Jeep at all. Wow. Well, okay, hold, hold on. Let me pause. Two points. One, stock yeah. Cherokee XJ. Yes. They didn't come with, tow- with uh, recovery points. Oh no! What did you hook? What did you hook it up to? I didn't hook to a damn thing. I made them do it because I wanted to make sure they understood that I was not responsible for the damage. So what? They just wrapped so they it around used, the axle. Yeah. Oh. oh, they used. Oh. 
Oh boy! I had a, okay. a tree saver, so I actually used the tree saver. I let them put the tree saver uh, around the axles. That's yeah, a little bit that's better. Yeah. And I didn't want to damage my my cable either. So anyway, uh, we moved to the back, and uh, they they hooked it up on the uh, the rear axle, and I, uh, I gently pulled them out. And it was very easy to do. Uh, and 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 that's kind of where you learn that uh, you the the most easiest way to get pulled out is probably going to be the way you came. Not the mm-hmm. way you were going, but it, right. it was worth giving it a shot. Yeah. So we got it. Got the cable all spooled back up. Got the tree saver all kind of uh, brushed off well enough from the mud uh, to put it back in the jeep. Got it all packed back up. And this time the little brother was going to drive. And I said, "Okay, you guys, be careful. Make sure you check out the website xjtalk.com and blah 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 blah." So the little brother jumps into the driver's seat and proceeds to floor it into the same puddle. That he was, they were stuck in, and guess what happened? <laughs> Unbelievable! He was, a, he was I, a fry short in the in the French fry box. I there. told him, and the the older brother was just so apologetic. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Can you get? I us started thug? to leave. <laughs> take wait, a, take a picture and leave. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god! And I said, I want to make it clear to you guys. This is the last toe you're getting. Yeah. So yeah. if you're gonna hit that, three. if you're gonna hit that mud, <laughs> that mud pit again, you're on your own. So That's pulled right. them out, out and the older brother drove, and they went back mm. home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I couldn't believe. I mean, I like the the the, the idea of damn it, I'm gonna make it, but you didn't make it. <laughs> that was the problem with the execution to the plan. <laughs> that was funny. And, and they were not prepared. Oh, not, so not at all. Go. No toe hooks, nothing. And, and nothing. I thought it was great because my, my older daughter got to see this and actually in, see something having to do with the Jeep and the off-road and, sure. you know, the, 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 the superhero thing that I like to talk about with having the ability to, you know, to pull other vehicles out of uh, harm's way, so to speak. Well, the only harm they were uh, in danger of was probably getting in trouble for being out there uh, from their parents. And maybe well, drinking. I mean, here in my state, uh, that they would have been arrested. Uh, that that's trespass. Uh, you know, you can't you can't you can't do that here in this state without well, you, you at the very here. least getting a severe ticket and your your vehicle impounded. You can't uh, you can't so, do it here either. But well, there was a bunch of activity out there uh, over uh, the over the years. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Well, I I see it every now and again out here too. There was a. Um, one of the side roads that I take to get off the freeway, if there's rush hour, um, and, and I can hop on it's, uh, there's a lot of industrial complexes along the, along the roadway. And, uh, and when one of those was being built, it was nothing but a couple of giant mud piles in a, in a field and just a dirt field. And of course, you know, there was mm-hmm. uh, a lot of ruts and tracks and, and, and stuff like that in there because people were like, oh, it's an open dirt field. That means I can go wheel in it. Let's no, go. that's that's not <laughs> how that works, and that's illegal wheeling. It is against the law, uh, and you're putting yourself and obviously your vehicle and, and other things at risk. So uh, I don't condone that sort of stuff. Uh, as fun as it would be, and as fun as I'm sure that it is, and everything, and I mean, it, there's nothing better than being able to drive five or ten minutes and 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 you know go get muddy or something like that, have some fun with your vehicle, uh, but at what cost? So uh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you're windy, you're only five miles from Gold Mountain. I'm know. telling I'm you, so it's right there. <laughs> so but make sure you have a full tank. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have an idea or a story, maybe it's a funny one. Maybe it's a newbie story. Let us know. Give us a topic. Give us an idea. 
If you want more information, check out my YouTube channel at 4-1-1 with more tips, tricks, and techniques. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. I'm sorry I didn't come up with anything this week. Uh, I had a rough week. I fell down a well. Yeah, I don't see that well. <laughs> yeah, I know that's a rough one. Even Josh is oh, groaning. Boy. I was yeah. going <laughs> to do a joke about construction, but it's not finished yet. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, I know that one's bad, too. Let's this see what guy. we can do better. Yeah, why didn't the toilet paper make it across the road? Because it was stuck in a crack. <laughs> you can't go wrong with a potty joke. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, the humanities. Oh, boy. Good times. <laughs> Oh, I turn that Jeep down, I can barely hear myself think. <laughs> <laughs> it's the long arms. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, dear. Hey, have you seen my ranch? You're not bringing that to the fireside chat, are you? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm carrying it everywhere I go for the next six months. Oh, dear. <laughs> hey, you want to see something really big and scary? <laughs> <laughs> it's always weird when another man hands you a warm wrench. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's nice and toasty. I've had it in my pocket. Well, this week we've got an interesting topic, and every week we're doing a new topic, and we would sure like to have you join in through our Zoom meeting that we're doing this. And we got our Zoom people in chat uh, on, uh, well, just about every week, anyways. Uh, and uh, they'd like to chime in, uh, crack wise, and and uh, give their two cents on whatever the topic is for the week. And and if you want to do that, we'll make sure that you are following us on Facebook. You friended us and all that good stuff. And then we'll put out the uh, the links and the notifications and, and all that sort of stuff. And now another way that you could do it would be to join our newsletter, which we will have some details on a little bit later in the show. Uh, for this week, however, we're, the topic is, what do you listen to while out on the trail? Uh, you know, I know guys are you know, all about the music. They even got the subs bumping and stuff like that. Myself, I'm more of an engine and tires guy. Maybe you're the kind of person who just loves to make the kids scream as you go off camera every chance you get. Yeah, uh, I definitely respect that. But I want to hear what you hear. We want to hear what you're hearing. So, what is it? Uh, you know, like I said, I, myself, I'm definitely all about the engine and the tires, the rocks, the you know every. I want to hear the nature. I want to hear the engine. I want to hear. You know, as if I'm getting a little bit of tire spin in the back right corner or if uh, that front tire isn't quite engaging yet or, uh, you know, what, what's the engine doing? How much am I loading things up right now? Am, am I, is this pretty easy? Do I need to drop down a gear? You know, that sort of stuff. I can't really become one with the Jeep and, and, and really get into that trail as much as I want to if I'm blasting a bunch of Bob Seger or something like that. You know, I, I, I can't be having uh, Tupac out on the rocks. It just ain't going to work. So... Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something for me where the music gets turned down, radio goes off. Uh, and besides, you know, I, if, if somebody's on a CB and they, and they need a hand, uh, somebody's around the corner on the next obstacle and, and they've got to pull cable or something like that, you need to know about it. And you can't really hear communications on the trail if all you're hearing is music. So that's, that's all where I'm coming from, but I want to know where you're coming from. 
and uh, and how you operate and all that sort of stuff. So I want to go right over to Tony first and foremost. And, and Tony, what you know, what kind of guy are you? Are you are you more a uh, you know music and podcast while you're out wheeling, or or is it uh, is it more about what you're hearing on the trail? Well, you know, they say that as you get older, uh, you have to turn down the radio to see where you're going. So, Gosh, <laughs> Lord, I can't hear you, Johnny. Gosh, speak up. Okay. So, but no, I'm I'm like you. I mean, uh, with all the the modifications and and stuff, and maybe it's a a lack of experience being off road. I want to hear what's going on with the Jeep. I want to hear if there's any clicking, if there's anything rubbing that shouldn't be rubbing, or you know. So, I'm very curious about hearing the the whole engine, drivetrain, body noise, tire type thing because. Uh, it, it, it's going to make the difference between me getting home or not. So, and I think as I get Very more, well could. You're yeah, right. I think as I get more experience off road and just learn it's indestructible, then I won't really want to have to worry about it. Uh, I mean, uh, hopefully that's, that's what it, how it'll uh, turn out so far. Uh, it's, uh, it's been great. I haven't had any issues. I have heard some uh, very interesting thing with rocks on the bottom of the Jeep and yeah. uh, that's a, uh, that's a hell of a noise. Now that time I was out, uh, in the rock pile on gold mountain, that was a really cool sound. And if the, mm-hmm. the stereo had been up, I would have missed that or just wondered yeah. what that noise was. So yep. I, th- I think there's things that you can experience. You can listen to music anytime. Uh, there's things that you might miss if you're uh, jamming while you're out on the trail. Now, with that said, if you're just on a, a, a logging road or something that's just you know technically off-road but nothing other than really flat ground, uh, you know, a little music would be fine because you're just enjoying the scenery like you would be if you were driving from point A to point B on the highway. I agree, actually. And there's there's times where I'm going from one obstacle or from one trail to the next, and, and it's like I know I've got about a 10 or 15-minute drive in front of me, uh, and there's nothing going on. Uh, and we're all in a pack, and unless somebody pulls off or emergency you know you're 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 still at that point going to be able to tell uh and so yeah i'm going to fire up the tunes and and you know enjoy enjoy the uh enjoy the experience and enjoy the uh, the whole situation and everything and so can, yeah i'm, and you I'm can with keep you an, there 100 percent. and Tony. you can keep an ear on the cb or whatever communications you're using and and catch if somebody is trying to say something so i think you can do both as long as you don't have it uh you know so loud that the people in the next county could hear it well that's just, just how it's done <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's jump over into the group uh, that we have in our Zoom chat meeting uh, for this week, and we've got a pretty good cross section here. Uh, this we got a what good six people in uh, in in for today. So uh, going down the list, we're going to go ahead. Uh, Joe, uh, what do you have to say about what you listen to out on the trail? Hey guys, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think you guys do an awesome job. So oh, thanks, Joe. Thank so be part of it today. Um, you know, honestly, I think I'm kind of in two categories. Most of the time that I go out, I'm with my wife and my kids, and we go with our group that I'm an organizer of, and we chill and have the windows down and take in nature and point out the birds and whatever we see with the kids, you know, try to get them involved. No radio. But there are, there are a few times that we go out very, very rarely, but we go out without the kids. And on those days, the wife and I kind of crank some tunes up, and not to a ridiculous level, but put some fun music on. We just kind of chill in the Jeep, kind of fun not having any kids with us, to be honest, oh, yeah. on the trail, and just chill out and listen to some fun music. Uh, so we're a little bit of both for us, and, and we, we love it. You know, love, love the nature, love the, the serenity, love listening to the the rocks hitting the Jeep and the tires uh, screeching and all that. 
But then there's other times where we just love cranking up some fun tunes, like some old 90s stuff or yacht rock yeah. on the streets. You know, just something to make you smile and just being out there in the Jeep. It's all good, man. It's all good. No, I, I definitely relate with that, man. Yeah, I mean, if you wheel with the kids a lot and you, those rare instances where you get to, you know, break free a little bit, you know, party a little bit, you know, it's a celebration. Hey, man, we don't have the kids. Let's live this up. So I can definitely see that, man. I definitely respect that. That's way cool. So we got uh, we got Bill in the in the chat room as well, and I'm I'm having a um, a hard time not asking Bill if he's got gas in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Bill. Uh huh. So yeah, it used to be riding on the trail. I would listen for uh, clunks and snaps and brakes and that kind of stuff. Uh, now I'm going to listen to see if my engine's still running. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> well, Hashtag too well soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that was a very odd feeling. I'm sure the look on my face was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's anyways, something they're going to remember for for multiple reasons. Oh yeah. Well, my uh, sister-in-law sitting in the back seat. She never got out. All she did is cling to her seatbelt and the little uh, handle off the roll bar. Oh. The entire time. So, yeah, she never got out. In fact, I think she rode down the obstacle with me when I had Armstrong power steering and zero brakes. Um, and I bounced off that ledge. I don't know, Tony, if you remember the second obstacle. It's a pretty good climb when you go right up the initial uh, face of it. Well, I bounced off of that. Jeez. But got stuck and still had to winch myself downhill. Oh. Yeah. So. Well, it sounds like it was an adventure nonetheless, Bill. It's, uh, you know, as long as you're, you know, you get home safely and uh, maybe have a little bit of fun in the process, I guess it's not all bad. So, Bill, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. How are you going to pay <laughs> Wendy back? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's real easy, actually. We'll be going down a trail and she'll look at something and she goes, well, you can't do and she knows as the words are coming out of her mouth, I look to see what it is she says I can't do, and that's where I'm going. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to say it was priceless. There you go. Yes, it was. <laughs> well, I knew you'd get a kick out of it. That's why I got you on the radio. You're not going to yeah. believe this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> well, we've got Carolina Jeepster Doug, who's uh, who's in the Zoom room with us. Uh, and uh, Carolina Jeepster Doug, is there something that you listen to out on the trail specifically, or is it, uh, is it just uh, nothing but motor noise? So uh, the last time I got to listen to a U-joint that was going out in my front drive shaft every time I put oh, it into a uh, four-wheel drive. Oh, yeah, that'll so, make some noise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting day. However, most of the time I got my uh, my ride or die partner in crime, my uh, teenage daughter that rides with me, and uh, we uh, kind of listen to whatever she has on her playlist. Well, that's probably going to be a far different playlist than what I'm going to have in my playlist. But uh, no, I do. I, uh, uh, I got a I got a friend. She actually surprised you. Um, really? She's got oh, some, really? Uh, right on. Really good uh, '90s rock in there, and. Uh, Really? Stuff too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right on. Okay. Right, oh, she was raised right. Good job, man. Good job. No, that that's great. Anytime you're getting the kids involved, I, I'm all about it, man. Uh, I just I just love you know getting the family out there all together. You know, being out there experiencing uh, experiencing Mother Nature and and in a way 
that most people don't, most families don't get to experience. And, and so being able to do that as a family unit and throwing some music in there at the same time, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, what about Tammy? Tammy, I, 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 we, we've heard some of what you listen to out on the trail. It's uh, usually one F-bomb after another. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, uh, Tammy, what's your preference in, in, uh, in what you like to have going uh, when you're wheeling? Is it any music at all, or, or is, it, is, is it on mute and you're just listening to the Jeep? Um, there's no music, one, because if I played the music, none of my videos, I would be able to get money because on youtube because they would be copyrighted because youtube oh, yeah. would pick up that background music right. and number two i you know i like listening to the sounds of nature the tires crunching over the rocks um that kind of thing and the other the other um reason is i replaced my oem antenna with one of those little stubby antennas oh, and like yeah. when you're out on the highway it didn't get as good of coverage. So I was going to replace hmm. it. And so I took the stubby antenna off and set it on my hood. And I was going to go put the, um, the OEM antenna back on and I got distracted. The stubby um, antenna fell off my Jeep somewhere in Arizona. Aww. And I have I no antenna. Okay. I need to find the connector between the little thing that's sticking out of the Jeep, the little screw part and the antenna. So um, right now I can't listen to anything if I wanted to. No, you are kind of stuck in a situation there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're going to have to have to get something uh, uh, installed back in there in order to uh, get yourself some more reception. So, but yeah, no, that makes a, a, another good point though. Um, you know, typically, I mean, like my reasons for not listening to stereo are, are completely related just wanting to know about what's going on with my jeep yours uh you know not playing any music uh, during the video completely different reason just as justified uh you know there's copyright issues you got to worry about because you're re usually recording uh and putting stuff up on youtube and and so i mean definitely uh lots of different reasons for the same sort of thing travis what about you uh is, is it is it you know crank to 11 or or are we pretty quiet on the trail i'm loud and i'm going proud i you know, when I'm on the trails, again, it's an old Jeep. I know it. I feel it. I know it. 100%. We are one when I'm on the trails. And it, the music's loud. There are times when I turn it down. You know, I'm on some old trails in you already that are going to stretch my leaf spring capabilities. It's not blaring, but it's still loud. The music motivates me. The music makes me push for more so that's it in a nutshell i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna do everything i can with music because it motivates me it moves me forward it drives me when there's a time to cut it back i cut it back but it's still you you could hear it from a block away not that <laughs> you can hear it from seven <laughs> So he brings it down to 11. Okay, right on. I bring, no, actually, I bring it down I, to 11. I actually uh, wheeled with a guy who, who was very much like that as well. Uh, his name was Aaron. Uh, he loved cranking music while he wheeled. And he had like a Renix Jeep Cherokee uh, that was on its last leg, like, like uh, forever on its last leg, <laughs> perpetually on its yeah. last leg. 
And, uh, um, and, and he didn't care. I mean, he had two 12s in the back at like a, a 400, 500 watt uh, amp going to him. Uh, you know, speakers all around, you know, aftermarket stereo. We had a decent system in there. And just every time we were out, I mean, you could hear him on the other side of the mountain. And it's just like, dude, I'm trying to hear my own Jeep. I can barely hear my <laughs> RPMs over your music. Uh, and so, you know, it was it, I mean, great guy. I mean, he's the kind of guy who give the shirt off his back to, to get you down off the mountain. Um, but, uh, but it was just like, you know, you're always breaking down and you're always the loudest Jeep out here. So yeah, come on, man, we got to get something rolling here with you. But yeah, so I, I hear you, Travis, man, there, there, there are those who, uh, who it's all about the music and, and just being out there, you know, your vehicle, you can feel if something goes wrong. So screw hearing anything else. Let's crank the music to 11 or bring it down to 11 in your case. Well, last, but certainly not least Greg in our chat room, uh, Greg, what is it that you listen to? You know, I I guess I I tend to listen to the spotter, but then oh, you're the I, one. Yeah, <laughs> good man, right there, good man. Although she'll although she'll say otherwise. Last time we were out, you know, she stopped me and she said, "You weren't even listening to me, were you?" And I said, "That's a funny way to start a conversation." <laughs> 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 nice to meet you too. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, uh, you know, there's the, if you're the kind of person who has your music playing while you're on an obstacle getting direction from a spotter, uh, I think you got your priorities mixed up. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, you know, if, if if a spotter is there uh, trying to give you instruction, you're in a position where you need a spotter, um, then you should at least have the common courtesy to give them the respect of uh, giving them 100% undivided attention and not giving some of that attention to what the next track is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there, Greg. You know, listening to your spotter, 100% important. Uh, you got to do it, and nothing else matters at that point. So, uh, all really good uh, good comments. Uh, Wendy, did you want to chime in? Is there anything that specifically, if you were out there on, on the trail yourself, that you'd want to listen to, or, or you know, music-wise, or, or is it just all about the Jeep? She likes listening for the fuel pump. <laughs> that fuel gauge hear that thing go off as the fuel light comes um, on yeah yeah no for me uh, i like that peace and quiet I like the nature but listening to the rig but usually i'm out if i'm out spotting if we're doing that kind of stuff i really don't want to hear the music from a spotter standpoint no. i just i really don't want that distraction it's more i don't want the driver to be distracted so you know yeah. for me but when i'm driving or you know in the jeep i like it just to be quiet i want to hear what's going on like bill said we want to listen for you know, clunks or bangs or something that's, you know, maybe Absolutely. isn't right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's it for us. I mean, there's nothing wrong with blaring the music if, if, if that's what you like. Do, do any of you guys remember the movie Iron Eagle where the, the 16, 17 year old kid actually uh, takes an F-16 and flies into, I don't know, Iraq or something to save his dad who oh, was also a pilot? Yeah, I remember that. It was a really, it was very unrealistic, but it was a cool, a cool movie. And he actually, that's what he, he had his little, uh, Walkman that with a cassette tape, like that's how yeah. old the thing is, and uh, that's what he would do when he was getting into a dog fight or doing a uh, a missile run. He'd play that music. He had that thing jammed up just as high as it would go, and and that's what it kind of reminds me of. So I can actually see how, like in Travis's case, where there, you might actually perform better because it's motivating you, it's it's pushing you along, it's uh, it, it it focuses your thought more than uh, uh, thinking about everything else that's going on around you. So I can see it both ways. Well, I'm glad everybody had a chance to chime in and, and uh, well, give us their two cents and, and well, peel the onion layers back a little bit and uh, shed some light on their own Jeep lives and, uh, and well, how each and, each and every one of us Jeeps, as it were, out on the trail. 
And we'd sure like to have you the next time we do this, which will be the next episode. And so make sure that you're joined up with us on Facebook and, and everywhere else, of course. And you can get those links and uh, and find out how to join in on the Campfire Side Chat. Uh, just you know, crack a beverage, pull up a chair, crack wise, and have some fun. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Well, as we had mentioned a couple times throughout the show, one of the best ways to get in touch with us and to find out what's going on with the show and what we have coming up, including some inside information about giveaways and other things like that, you need to be a part of the Jeep newsletter. Yes, I know. Everybody needs one other thing coming into their <laughs> inbox, uh, and this will be just that one thing. So, uh, yeah, by While all means, please subscribe to the <laughs> newsletter. Tony, how do they do that? Do they have to pick up a phone and dial three digits? Is there... Is there what's the best way to get in on the newsletter? It will require a swab that is pushed so far you will think it's coming Ooh. at your anus. No, uh, it's well, actually no. <laughs> it's just really simple. You go over and to you thought the COVID <laughs> tests were bad. <laughs> the jeeptalkshow.com/slash newsletter, and you know what? Coincidentally, you can go to jeeptalkshow.com and do become a paid subscriber as well. So be part of the former rat bastard club. So, <laughs> jeeptalkshow.com slash newsletter, all we'll get is your email address. And it is very, very easy to unsubscribe if you're getting too much information or you don't like what you're seeing or any of that. So, don't worry about it. You're not going to be trapped into something uh, like Publishers Clearinghouse where they freaking bother you 10 times a day. Once a week, folks. Once a week. And you're not going to hurt our feelings. Well, maybe Tony's if you yes, unsubscribe. It's, it's no big deal. Tammy uh, subscribed today, by the way. Outstanding. I think I have a subscription. I can't remember. Yeah, it I thought I had subscribed to all of you guys. <laughs> well, hey, don't forget to go to jeeptalkshow.com to see the latest from events, uh, latest events from around the nation and in your hometown when they are happening. Everything is, of course, pretty much canceled right now. But if you are, uh, you know, able to uh, to get out of those stay-at-home orders or, you know, the social distancing or the, uh, you know, the uh, maximum number of occupants being three uh, type of thing, and you're able to uh, host an, an actual Jeep event, well, we want to know about it. Uh, and there's a number of ways that you can, of course, get that information to us. We do have a wheeling wear form you can fill out on our website. Uh, that information comes straight to us, and we'll, of course, get it right out to the masses and get some get some attention to your event. Um, that is, unless you don't want the CDC to know about it, uh, in which case we'll keep it a secret. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, that's all there for you guys to use, and uh, and don't forget about it. Uh, and that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to participate in our Facebook polls and see if your side wins. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning, a Jeep talk show should be refrigerated after opening. Podcasting since 2010.